Hey guys, and welcome back to another great episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast, number 183. We are a weekly pop culture podcast that stays positive and talks about the things that we love. Not this week. <laughs> this week sucks, you guys. <laughs> Everything you love is canceled. Everyone you know is sick. Uh, quarantine, baby. What's up? My name's Ryan Eliopoulos. This is the worst uh, uh, worst uh, week to be an X-Men fan. I'm joined by Brandon T. McClure. This podcast has been canceled due to the coronavirus. Yes. Oh, no. We're here, though. We're uh, here together. I we're isolated to together. Yeah, but this won't go out because we're infected with the coronavirus, so it's going to infect this everyone was, else if they hear it. Mm, that's tr- Oh, it's one of those. It's one of those viruses. It's an audio virus. Yeah. We're joined by Sparks Witty, as always. Hey, hey, hey. What up? What up? And I'm joined by my best bud in the world, Ben Magnet. I can't believe that every goddamn time I've got to go to spring training, I miss the episode. Ben, it's okay. They'll be next year. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. No, Ben Magnet is not here. <laughs> no, he's taking a sweet vacay. He has uh, the coronavirus. He has the. Uh, he's drinking some coronavirus. He, he went to oh, spring yeah. training, and, and it was canceled the day after they arrived. Yeah, that's a, a sad day. That, that was sucks. sad. That's rough. That sucks. He did take a detour to the Grand Canyon, and as someone who doesn't look at the Grand Canyon or pictures of it very often. It's magical. <laughs> Truly, he has Truly. One, his picture on Instagram. I'm like, oh, wow, nature's awesome. <laughs> wow, the Grand Canyon's so cool. It's just a giant hole. We, we got to go. <laughs> but it's like really big. That's what she said. <laughs> you got to fill it. All right, with rain. Speaking of rain, we need it in California. No, oh, that's a transition. What's up, guys? <laughs> yeah, uh, rain hi. this week. And in the midst of raining, the world. Oh, my God. Change. Dude, like Thursday, it was straight up just like, is this the apocalypse? <laughs> it was just raining. Everything's canceled. Really heavy rain on Thursday. Yeah. The day that everything was canceled. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Your work was canceled. Yes. I am uh, I am very lucky to be among the people who works at a job where I am being paid, even though I am not going to be there. Yes. Uh, due to forced closure, I know there are a lot of people that aren't and a lot of people that still might uh, lose time at their jobs and not be paid, and I feel for them. I am so sorry. Uh, thank goodness. If you're in California, file for unemployment. Uh, seriously, get on that because they have waived the the time gap. You can just file for that. Take cool. care of yourselves. If you live in California. <laughs> if you live in California, I don't know what it is in the rest of the states, but I also don't think like uh, the forced job closures are hitting as hard yes. in the other states as, as they are here. Our largest listener base is in LA, so I think that, that makes applies sense. to a lot of people. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy time. Well, how about my school closed too? Yeah, he's school closed too. Yep. Uh, yeah. I'm not allowed back on campus till April 26th. That announcement came. Uh, that announcement came one day before everything else started going crazy. So that was on Wednesday, and it was very funny because it happened a very similar way. Because uh, Wednesday we get an email uh, that you know uh, we are we are looking into the situation, but we're not saying we, we're just like you know we're prepping, we're putting video cameras in the classrooms. It's all going to be fine. Three hours later, we get the email. Okay, so this is what's happening. We're closing the campus. <laughs> We're like, oh, dang, that escalated really fast. Why did you even send the first email? And then the next day, similar situation, got an email from work, and they said, hey, we're monitoring the situation, but you know, no no need to make any rash decisions yet. We're going to uh, talk about doing conferences later today, later on that day. Yeah, work's closing. Uh, <laughs> everybody's not coming in till the end of the month, so uh, if, bye-bye. That's, that's how a lot of... A lot of a lot happened. Just, a lot happened. Well, WonderCon released a statement, uh, and we'll we'll get into this in the news. But like WonderCon released a statement, it's like, oh no, we're good. We're just monitoring the situation right now. It's like next day, so we're postponing WonderCon to another day. There was a lot of yeah. that, or it's like, yeah, we're gonna wait and see, and then everyone's like, oh no, we're just all gonna cancel. Yeah, 
I'd rather be safe than sorry. So the, as yeah. I think it just as more big things kept jumping the ship, it's like, well, we got to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was uh, Wednesday, I think, is when a quiet place pulled out. A quiet place pulled out very soon. Very, very, very Quickly. soon to yeah. there. Well, um, early in that week, but still just one week away from release. Yeah. One uh, a week and a half it's, away from it was release. Supposed to be next week. Yeah. 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 So early in this week of closures, they were one of the first yeah. for this week, but. Man, it went crazy. So we're not having an episode next week because Quiet Place canceled. No, I'm kidding. No, yeah. <laughs> we just um, don't know what we're doing yes. yeah. for a month. But what do you? What did you do otherwise? Did you get any media consumed? Boy, it's been weird. Um, yes, uh, Megan and I entirely caught up on Steven Universe Future. Rad. Um, up to date because Steven Universe Future is ending March 27th. Okay. So we wanted to be caught up. That is officially the end of the Steven Universe series. Oh, wow. Uh, for the time being, that's the series finale, like the true series finale. The uh, Steven Universe Future was really considered an epilogue to the movie and the show. Mm-hmm. Um Rebecca Sugar has said, like, this doesn't necessarily mean no more Steven Universe stories ever, but we're definitely, like, we're, we're done right now. Yeah. Uh, she wants to work on other things. She probably wants to take a break, uh, but she also wants to work on other projects. A lot of people do who work on her team. Um, she might come back to it someday. I'd cool. love it if they did, but yeah. uh, it's been it's been an incredible run. Um, I was just talking to Ryan because he came down while we were watching an episode, and they just introduced their first... Now, okay, so, like, there have been characters that on the show that are like their gems and they can be metaphors for, for being non-binary and that that's, that's happened on the show before, but there has never been just straight up a normal human being character introduced who was non-binary and they did that. Right. And they did it in a really cool way. And that character like really mattered and, and was well represented. I was like, this is, this is incredible that this is where we're at in cartoons. This is, this is just straight up acknowledging this non-binary character. Everyone's referring to by proper pronouns of they, uh, d- like thoughtfully animated, thoughtfully represented. This is nuts. Uh, on Twitter, I don't watch that show, but on Twitter, um, there was a clip going around from uh from Steven Universe Future. That's what's called uh-huh. Future. Um, where like Steven's in like a doctor's office and he's talking to this doctor, and it's like a very real look at like like going through trauma yes. and like dealing with kids, dealing with trauma. And this doctor yes. explained like, so like you're physically you might be okay, but emotionally you might not you might not be. Yes, and like. If, People are going crazy. Like this is a step forward for like kids animation talking uh, like to kids about real subjects. Uh, I'll kind of get into it real quick. So Stephen Universe Future by the time it's done is going to be twenty episodes of this epilogue series, and it's basically about Stephen kind of saved everyone and he saved the world, and then all of a sudden everyone's like really happy and they're moving on with their lives because he did all these great things for them. And Stephen feels totally lost and he doesn't know what his purpose is anymore. And oh, like what do you do after you save and the world? And he's and yeah. he's still carrying the weight of a lot of what his mom did that he feels responsible for that he's like tried to fix and in doing that steven has started to not rely on his friends because he doesn't want to burden them because they're happy and so he's taking it all on himself and this is causing his powers to like manifest in a rage form that he doesn't know how to control uh it's extremely fascinating that's awesome you know you reminded me of something do you guys know about the tv show deputy on fox no um it's a from what I can tell, a pretty generic procedural. Um, Bex the Klaus, uh, Pidge from Voltron. She's in Hellfest. Hellfest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, they, they're, they're in that. And uh, I, w- I was always kind of wondering like why she would pick a procedural to go next. Because mm-hmm. cl- you know, she has options. Yeah. Sorry, they have options. Um, and then... Uh, and, sh- and, and they were playing like a, you know, the girl deputy. And, and then... There was a clip going around that 
they were able to come out as non-binary on the show. Like the character, the deputy character <clears throat> that I play is mm, comes yeah. out as like, I'm non-binary. I don't know what I am. And I want to go through like, and I was like, Oh, that's why she picked it because they were able why to they picked it. give her yeah. why, why they picked it. Thank you. Yeah. So sorry. No, it's hard. Um, yeah, I get you. Uh, why they picked it was so that they, because they were able to do something with a, with a, with a Fox procedural mm-hmm. that had never been done before. Something that is typically generic and they can add a little bit of like, hey, real real life stuff to right. it. That's yeah. cool. And then okay. something that's so so progressive yeah. that you, won't, you would never see on the Fox Fox network. Yeah. No, Especially in a, in a procedural. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's awesome. I'm, I'm very happy to be caught up uh, and continue catching up to to the end as, as we're approaching it very quickly. Um, Steven Universe fans, they've also announced, although I don't know if it's happening anymore, that there was going to be a Fathom event of the movie in theaters. That might not be happening Man, now. they might cancel my Digimon Fathom event. I'll be so upset. Oh, no. Well, uh, realistically, I, I, I'd like to believe that all that will just postpone if it happens. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Who knows? Um, it's a weird time. What else did I do this week? Uh, I... Did you play any games? I did but like nothing that i like committed in a big way to like i played a little bit of sonic mania because i had a sonic bug for a little bit i just was itching to play like something briefly Mm -hmm. have to go quickly um so i Mm -hmm. just picked up sonic mania and played like two levels where i was at um and then i did play a little bit of dead cells for shits and giggles again just kind of filling space i prefer alive cells Mm -hmm. i put doom back on my PlayStation 4 with intent to play through it. Oh, I played the Final Fantasy VII demo. There you you. go. Yeah, I did. I played that. Um, As someone who never played Final Fantasy VII, I was like, "All right." I mean, I'm I'm getting I'm getting into the. I'll be honest. Um, I don't love Barrett's controls. The the gun guy. Yeah. No, he's awful. Yeah. No, it's awful. Those controls, like it's. I, I understand that like the switching mechanic is supposed to like give a lot of variety into the gameplay and everything and I'm like but I don't like it. Yeah, um so Brandon, so it's it's a like fun, it's a sword game but there's a guy who has a gun hand and yeah. so you hit triangle and he just shoots his gun. And he just you hit triangle and he shoots his there's gun. There's no there's no like aiming there's no fun, it's thing not fun. to it or it's just anything. Not fun. He just automatically auto, shooting it's auto at a lock. It's auto lock. That sounds awful. The thing is though like from what I can tell, what, when you have to move with him, he moves really clunky, and yeah. you feel it in the controls. Mm. Um, I guess the way I, th- most people are going to probably play that game is Cloud is your main character, and then they're the support. Uh, they like they are the ones who cast cure. They're the ones who do magic. Right. Because um, yeah, I agree. Like as soon as I started playing, I'm like, oh, this is not as fun as Cloud at all. Yeah. So like, it's definitely. I hope they don't make you play as him for like extended periods by himself because that's not a fun. Experience. Or and and I'm hoping that some of the other characters. Play, feel better than he does. They are they automatically already do because I use other diff- better. Do weapons. you remember <laughs> Killer yeah. Seven? Yeah, yeah, that reminded me of that. Yeah, that just uh, that that really stood out in a playthrough. Is it because it has thing- seven in it? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, the controls with the guns are really sloppy. Gotcha. Um, it also just felt like uh, it might take a little while for me to just understand like what it wants from the combat system because at a certain point I feel like I'm just hack and slashing even with like the big boss and it, um, it'll like give you instructions about things you can do and I'm like okay but uh, it's definitely something that like it's one of those things where, like once you understand all the mechanics it clicks for you and it did click for me in the demo like it it wants you it, you have to, there's a lot to handle yeah and like it throws it at you really quick but I think once you learn that like certain buttons can quick do quick attacks instead of having to go through menu 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 mm-hmm. uh, you can do it really fast so it's just a, like 
it practice and you'll get used to it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely understand where you come from because it took me like 20 minutes where I'm like, this is kind of clunky, but you just you get into the rhythm of it. Yeah. I, I trust that, that that can happen. Um, I like the look of it. I think it looks gorgeous. It looks Man. really, really good. Yeah. Um, Cloud does move well. Yeah. I do like the controls of him, so that doesn't bother me. Um, and that's most of what you'll be playing as. So uh, I didn't like the whole timer bit. Mostly oh, because like you set the timer matter. and then it doesn't matter. It and I'm like, oh, well, you can don't. And, and which would be yeah. fine. Just don't put it at the top of the screen if it doesn't mean sh- yeah. shit. I'm really curious why they decided you can choose 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Like a bomb's going off. And you, yeah, yeah. you give it more time or less time. Yeah, yeah. But either way, it doesn't matter because the section's over in like five minutes. <laughs> right. Because I had like, I had, uh, I think I legitimately had 14 minutes left on the clock. And yeah. the sequence ended and the bomb went off. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. I think that, <laughs> why they, But they have the clock running at the I, top of the screen. And I'm like, why? I want to th- assume... That because it's a demo and it's maybe people playing it who are just like brand new to games, they want to give them as much time just to be safe. Yeah. But it's it, you still but it's so, like it's it's, it's like a, just don't put the running timer at the top of the screen. Just like just say the bombs let, gonna go off. Let soon. the intent of the intensity of like things falling apart around you just drive your motivation for it, and don't don't stress about the rest. I agree because I was like, oh no, it I'm felt give, it felt really. I gave stupid. myself thirty minutes because I'm like, I want as much time as I can. Why would you give me a choice? And then literally five minutes later, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. an odd choice. Yeah, that um, was that was real weird. But otherwise, uh, on a whole, it's a, it's a positive experience. I I'm happy to like dive into it and yeah. actually be familiar with that that story and everything. Um, but yeah, uh, it, that that was that was an interesting little first foray into that. Is that um, your first Final Fantasy? No, uh, I think it <sighs> minus thirteen. What was the what was the really was it twelve? Was the like the really big popular one? Ten. 10? Ten. a really big pop. That's like I mean, like with like with like a big. This was on the, the PS2. The, the PS2. Yeah. X. It, p- ten was like the first big one that got like massive appeal. That was okay. the first one I played. That that that's. That oh, was, the ten must have been the first one yeah. I played. Not that it had the blonde guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah did that's they make it. Yeah. Ten two. Yep. Yeah. Ten was the first. Yeah. One ten. I played. Ten was the first one I played. Yeah. Twelve is the way better game that less people have played. Ben was playing it like a year or two ago again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they had that at the youth center over where I grew up. Hey, youth centers. Yeah. And then uh, past that, it's uh, I've watched some more Office. Yes. Um, and I want to say I watched a movie, but I don't remember what it was. Okay, I mean, I watched like stuff for class still. That's still happening, even though class is yeah. not, not something I can do in person anymore. So I watched things like uh, this week was Singing in the Rain. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I would have watched that with you. Shit. That's, that's I mean, I'll watch movie. it again happily. Did you know that Carr knew Gene? Mm-hmm. Kelly, Kelly. I was gonna let him. You should have let him get it. You would have got it. <laughs> yeah. He looked. He looked very uh, deer in headlights for a second there. <laughs> I knew it. But Car knew Gene Kelly. He went uh, to his wedding. That's all. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, good morning. The, the good morning. Good. Yes, morning. Good morning. That is like maybe my ma- favorite musical number of all time. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, that's Carrie Fisher's mom. Yes. Oh yeah, Debbie Reynolds. Reynolds. Oh, Reynolds. Dude, I had, and she's in Halloween Town. Uh, oh my God, I love. Do you want to know a fun her. fact? Uh, I love she, fun facts. There's the part in the movie where she's dubbing the other actress yeah so the voice that's dubbing over that actress is actually that act the real actress oh uh, she's doing her own dub not debbie reynolds that's funny that's cool. dubbing her into the deeper version of her voice that's funny that's yeah. pretty good uh like <laughs> it's pretty like yeah real uh, quick my la- the last thing about the movie you watched i love uh i love uh singing in the rain i love debbie reynolds because that good morning uh uh thing that they do like she had to do this um, incredible dance number in heels and she had to do it so many times that she, her he, that her feet were actually bleeding by the time that she was done doing those takes and she looks like she was so professional and so good and they're all so good and like man just go you just go on youtube and watch that clip like it is it is 
incredible, man. The dancing, it's amazing. Moses, suppose this is totally Moses. 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 I love it. Uh, I love yeah, it so much. Uh, singing, we could, we could happily, I would happily, Megan loves it too. So Welcome we to the Singing easily in the Rain that podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, it's been a lot of like just kind of panic and freaking out and adjusting and At figuring the out what's happening. Did um, you all ever see Yankee Doodle Dandy? I, no. It's a good one. I did start watching the CW shows again. It's I I'd been away from them for a while, so mm-hmm. I started picking them up again. Um, they're the only part of it I particularly want to shout out is the first post crisis flash episode has uh, opens with Cisco, and he's trying to create a map and new timeline of how the world works, mm-hmm. and he's freaking out. And Danielle Panabaker is there playing uh, Frost, and uh, she's like, "Why are you?" you know, freaking out so much and everything. And he's like, he go, makes this rundown of, he's like, all of a sudden, tons of our old villains are back with whole new paint jobs and things like that. And he's like, and and Superman, Supergirl, and Black Lightning have lived here and a whole host of other things have changed. And I don't ever remember buying this shirt. And he unzips his hoodie and he's wearing a Superman shirt. That's, that's good. <laughs> that's all right. Where's he been? What is he doing? Cisco? Yeah. Um, Where was, was he in the crossover? He was in the crossover. Okay, I don't remember. For like a brief amount of time. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that was a... Uh, his powers were forced back on him. Yes, that's right. Uh, that's right. A while okay. ago, right. which was yeah. Does he still have his powers? Yes, he yeah. does have his powers again, and now he's like questioning the whole responsibility of him making the choice to get rid of them because that was kind of lazy writing, in my opinion, anyway. And now that's being part of the character where he's like, "Why did I do that?" <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting time. They they introduce a villain who's pretty pretty interesting pretty cool they at least put a cool soundtrack with her in that episode uh so i'm i'm slowly catching my way up on that in the flash comic book right now by joshua williams he just introduced a character called paradox mm-hmm. which is kind of cool because he may be a character from the post for the pre-flashpoint timeline so he knows mm. that barry died during crisis and oh. came back during rebirth like and he runs it down is like you're a cancer on the speed force because of the da, 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 da. and just like oh dang i like it that sounds cool i love it yeah, um, I think that's that's about it. Expect to hear much more from me in the next few weeks. Okay, because uh, I'll have more downtime. <laughs> yeah, hopefully means I'll catch up on stuff on YouTube. I'll right. go next. Uh, I didn't unfortunately do a lot this week again. Uh, I'll I'll also be better next week just because I need to do more stuff. Um, I watched a ABC made for TV movie called Tuesdays with Maury, which is going to be on the downright. Annoyed, downright annoyed, <laughs> downright annoyed. Yeah. Uh, video show that that uh, uh, Michael does with uh, bored and annoyed, downright nerdy and bored and annoyed have a cross show, uh, and that is a uh, really <laughs> sad but uplifting movie about a guy who's kind of like he he's lost in his job and then he realizes his old professor is dying so he starts hanging out with him and it changes his life and it's based on a true story and it's all and I was crying it's emotional it's good um, not many TV movies I think are super great I think this one's pretty good. I think it has a good emotional crux. Hank Azaria and Jack Lemons or Jack Lemon, Lemons, Lemon, Lemon, Lemon. This one singular lemon. Yep. Yeah. Um, he is he, one lemon. He is lemon. he is a singular lemon. Uh, he is a really good lemon. <laughs> That's I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Lemon's really good in it. I don't know what else I've seen with Jack Lemon. I know he's like uh, he's prolific and he's done a lot of stuff, but uh, <clears> he's he's a, he's a good guy. He's definitely a singular lemon because he's not a villain. Every villain is lemons. <laughs> Thank you for the SpongeBob. Um, I played a lot. The one thing I did do, SpongeBob. You're right. Yes. <laughs> Even. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry. F is for friends, guys. Um, I played a lot of Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, so real quick for the friends at home and for you guys, the first Red Dead Redemption takes place in like 1910, and it, it's all about John Marston, 
Uh, and it's a, kind of the same story as the prequel, but it's about like, he's like one of the last remaining cowboys and like civilizations encroaching on like his way of being an outlaw, blah, blah, blah. But the first game is about John Marston. And then this prequel game, which is 20 years in the past, is about Arthur Morgan. And if you played that first game, you know Arthur Morgan isn't in that original game. So I'm like, okay, something clearly happens to Arthur. But in the marketing for Red Dead 2, they never really mentioned that John Marston was in this game. And he's actually a prolifically <clears throat> main prolific main character as well. So you're getting to learn about the original main character um, back when he was young and like his family and, and you get to know him and you get to know the gang that eventually becomes the bad guys of the original game. And I find that so fascinating because you get to see all these people who are inherently bad people but with good intentions just becoming villains over time because like that's what the world, that's what society is doing to them. Um, and I'm, it's just really compelling. It's like... One of those games, like when you play God of War or something, you just like, you just, the story's like, man, this is gripping and like the acting's so good. And it's just like, there's something really awesome that a video game can capture how quote unquote boring being a cowboy would be in like the 1800s. But it's, it is so well done. Uh, it's, it's just like really fun to go fishing for like an hour, like an actual hour. Um, like, this is so much compelling, just like side stories. People are always talking. Um, it's just, it's a fun game to spend a lot of time in. An hour? <laughs> dude the, the quests are so long and it's like hey do you want to continue to fish and then you do and then this you have these conversations that just keep going and it's just like wild. it's like watching a tv show dude sometimes wow it's so good it's it's like it's okay you know how you're on the boat in god of war yeah how often do you spend time in that boat a lot it's, it's exactly yeah, that okay but with you. fishing or riding horses it's the same thing it's it's yeah. truly compelling uh voice acting and writing and it's like there's a reason rockstar makes some of the best games of all time um, besides that, uh, I read some X-Men comics as usual. Um, there's a new Jonathan Hickman book out called Decorum. Pick it up. Support the man. Um, I watched the first episode of Castlevania season three. Okay. Only the first, unfortunately, cause I fell asleep in, in episode two. So I don't remember <laughs> what happened, but Bill Nye's in this season. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Ah, Bill. Oh, I can't say the other one. Bill Nye. As uh, St. Germain. Is, is a cool character. Um, and I can't wait to watch more. That is all I did. I'm going to bounce off that. I finished bounce Castlevania, it. season three. Hot dog. Uh, Is it only eight episodes? Ten. Ooh, they upgrade. Yeah, so they got more episodes this season. Uh, I finished it because, uh, I, I mean, I work a lot and I train my eye to be able to uh, uh, watch TV while I while I work, yeah. while, while I do my second job. Uh, it's just allowing me to catch up on so much TV shows. It's been a blessing. Yeah. Um, I screw up a bit more, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I get more time. Yeah. Um, uh, and and uh, yeah, I just want to say that Bill Nagy is is Saint Germain and Oscar Isaac is the judge in it. Um, that's the series is really good. Castlevania is really is a really good series, and I've chosen to ignore the I guess complaint I had last week when I was just like, there's something that doesn't like click. Whether it's the animation, the voice dubbing, or the sound effects, it doesn't feel like it's. It feels like a puzzle that's kind of like missing a side. Yeah, it doesn't quite always feel like it's part of the. It's just one thing. Yeah, um, but the writing's real good, so I decided to ignore it because I'm just like, eh, hell, screw yeah. it. Yeah, uh, there's these two Japanese warriors that show up at Alucard. Mm -hmm. So they show up with Alucard, and that that story's really tragic. Carmilla is great. Um, Carmilla has Hector. Yeah, yeah, and some of the Isaac's so good. Um, but I really loved St. Germain's story. I'm so bummed he didn't finish it because I have a really big question I'm, for what's going to happen. I'm honestly probably going to watch it all this week. 
Yeah, there's a there's something that that happens to Bill Nagy towards the end of the season. At the end of the season, I should say. Yeah. Um, that I don't understand, and I think it's because I don't pl- I haven't played any of the games, and I want to know. what I that will is. say as uh, I've avoided spoilers, <clears throat> but there's been a lot of articles saying um that whatever's happening, this is how they tie into Devil May Cry, which is the next anime show that he's working on. And yeah. there's already a, a um an Easter egg from um one of the swords that Dante uses in ca- in this new season of Castlevania. Oh interesting. Yes, in the background. Yeah, so um that. he called it like the like the um God, what's it called? Like when you pat like patchwork universe. Like he, like uh, Ari Shanker had like a name for his universe that he's building for Netflix. Oh sure, yeah. It's called like yeah, like like the rough patch universe or something. Where yeah. Like all these shows are going to be kind of connected in ways that like they really shouldn't be, but I can do it. So f it. And I think that the and that's why I want to ask about the Ben Laggy thing, where his character leads. Yeah. Oh man, there's something really cool with the Night Creature. Sorry, it's a really no, good season. Yeah, I'm it's a really uh, good season. I'm gonna watch it. Uh, I, had a, I had a really great time this season. The action sequences towards the end are great. Belnades, Saifa uh, Belnades is. Excellent. She's so much fun. I love her character. Um, so that's the first thing I did. All right. Uh, I also watched uh, The Way Back. I really want to see this. The new Ben Affleck movie? Yeah. Um, he's really good in it. Yeah. The movie has an end point, though, and then it keeps going. Oh, it's one of those. I think the movie is really good, but the last act uh, disconnects the, the main character from the sports team basketball team is what they're called yes. <laughs> um, um from the basketball team is that the po- sport they're playing there? yeah that's the sport they're playing <laughs> currently canceled um uh, the basketball team and and ben affleck kind of like split ways in the narrative and then we don't see them again but we keep staying on him and i'm like that's not you should have kept them intertwined you should have yeah. kept them together um no sp- i don't i don't want to spoil what what exactly happens uh but ben affleck is excellent in it and uh, did you watch the gq a thing where he did where he went through his, his characters yeah Really liked his candid, his candid, candid, candid. Yeah, his can, candor, can, <laughs> bottle city of. How That's can, actually how, probably right, candor. Yeah, how, yeah his how, candor. How, oh yeah. Um, but you know his uh his um, what was it? Candor. Yeah. Um, uh, about uh, playing Batman. Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about like how it how he had a much better time working on Batman v Superman than he did on Justice League. Um, which makes sense because there's as, even if we don't like it, there's a clear vision for him to work with. Yeah. Um, whereas in Justice League, he, he, there wasn't, and like how it burnt him out, and how he decided to to pass up, pass up on the role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that really interesting. And watching this movie, I was like, man, it really sucks that he lost the passion for that character because he's he would have been. A he's really, still he, he's yeah. still the best part about Batman. Like we've said it many, many times, like he is a good Batman. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's. I would love to have seen him continue that role. Yeah, but you know what? If he didn't have the passion for it, then there's no reason to do it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way back's really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, oh, Iden Versio from uh, Star Wars Battlefront. Janine Ivan Carr. She's in it. Yeah, she plays his ex-wife. Um, My ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also started watching Star Wars Resistance. Um, I was going to, and then I forgot. <laughs> season two is on Disney Plus, so I decided to go through that now. It is still pretty fine. Okay. Um, oh, I watched um, all the episodes uh, of Clone Wars except the newest one. So I watched two episodes of Clone Wars. Rad. Yeah. yeah. That show still. I will say. Um, have you watched it yet? Yeah, I'm all caught up. Okay. Um, I don't know about the newest episode, but I feel like if this is the final, final season, I feel like we should be building to something bigger, and I don't see it yet. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that at all? I get that. I understand. And I'm not mad about it, but like, if this is the final season, like, there's got to be a reason this is what you're showing me, right? Yeah. I don't feel I've seen it yet. But Clone Wars always operated in four episode arcs. Oh, okay. Uh, the the original season, the original series of Clone Wars always had like mini arcs within like 
gotcha. three or four episodes. To, to be arc. clear, like yeah. all the original seasons would do like three to four episode arcs, but there were occasionally ones that were just like one offs. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that was always the case. Because yeah. like, I just mean like this is like again like we brought this back this final like yeah. last season. I feel like if this is like all right, this is the last thing we have to talk about Clone Wars. I feel like I haven't seen like what the reason is because it feels so, so it kind of just seen fe- the latest two right. I've I've uh, I so they four- rescued Echo and I haven't seen what happened after that. Okay. Um, those are all like that's that's the end of the arc. So the okay. next episode you're gonna watch is that that's the end of the arc. Okay. Or the one after that, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, and then probably we'll get into what we're seeing like in the trailers with like Ahsoka fighting Maul, and then um, what is yeah. happening with the Mandalores, uh, like the Mandalorians. I d- I do think that uh, I think this was let's get that episode out that we had already finished. Okay. And now let's go gotcha. forward. Okay. That's it could be. Um, I know because I know that even like seven seasons. Filoni wanted more. Yeah. So I don't know if that if they j- just wanted to get these episodes out first and then do their thing, but we'll gotcha. see. Um, yeah, Star Wars Resistance. Okay. Uh, but what we really want to talk about is all the comics I read. Yee. I caught up on four of my new comic book four four comic books. Yee. Um, I posted a picture on on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw it of my stack. What it has is currently. Um, on Twitter, my my stack of comics. I posted uh, that it doesn't feel like it's going down, but it. But it, it is, yeah. I swear. That's yeah. nice. Mine's definitely not going down. <laughs> I went from I've I've read half of the stack. The stack was just to give people reference. It was the size. It was the the height of a short box, mm. um, and now it's half a short box. Twenty five, thirty comics, maybe. Oh no, more than that. Oh, I'm oh. definitely I'm definitely more than that. Like it's it's like I'm showing Ryan a visual reference. It's a, like, lot of, it's a lot. I mean, of it's comics. in the corner, yeah. sitting behind me. So you. It's know. a lot. Yeah, you get stacks. Plural. <laughs> Listen, all you need to read is X-Men. That's all you need. It gives you everything you need, well, all your I, daily vitamins. Now. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I picked up on Isola. Pay me to read comics. Um, I, be- caught, I caught up on Isola. Definitely which, behind. Which I'm really only reading for the art, but the story is starting to click for me. Um, art's gorgeous, though. Mm-hmm. I love that artist. It was the book club I picked this week for next week was not my original initial idea. It was because of Isola's art. I wanted to do Gotham Academy. I'll probably do that at a later date. In mm. um, uh, Gideon Falls... I caught up on uh, shit, guys. Sh- shit, shit. Gideon Falls. Gideon Falls. I'm behind. I'm behind. Uh, if you like Twin Peaks, man, I've read the first volume. I know. I so, know. Says the guy who hasn't seen Twin Peaks. <laughs> but like all the all the shit he talks about with Twin Peaks, I'm like, Goofy oh man, yeah. Ryan would love this, especially like the reveal of what the Black Barn is is so, is so interesting, and what the Smiling Man is is such a terrifying comic book. Like every issue. What issue like, is it on now? 26? Damn, really? I think so. I'm very behind then. Um, yeah, it's a great, great series, and I can't spoil it, because if, Good. I, if, I, if I say anything that, that, that where I'm at now, it, it's a spoiler, and that, is, that would be unfortunate for, to have anything spoiled for this book. I'm going to catch up, I promise. Um, the Immortal Hulk, I yeah. caught up on. Yes. Uh, that book is excellent, as always, horrific. I sent you some pages on our, on our, on our um, thread on a thread fake news uh, those new are thread. some of the spl- uh, some of the splash pages for that book that book is gorgeous and horrific i'm um, brutal God, dude when when he leaves that book i just like i feel so bad more yeah. more than even like somebody like following scott snyder on batman because like everyone like batman's great but like doing a great hulk run like yeah. that doesn't happen like like a batman run does no and this like transcends normal comics i'm like oh, i'm sorry whoever's next <laughs> you got to be great just kill the hulk and just don't kill the back. hulk yeah yeah, the, this Immortal Hulk book is like this, a seminal run. And what was interesting um, is now the Immortal, so Devil Hulk Devil has Hulk. has realized that with Bruce Banner's like help, he can live and he can come out during the daylight also. 
Um, so he so he shows up like at twilight hour, and then like um, this. Then they're fighting, and, and Devil Hulk gets hurt, and so like Savage Hulk shows up and takes over the body and starts like Hulk smash Hulk pop pop. Um, and then Zim Zimnu shows up. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Um, a a I don't know too much about this character either. He showed, last showed up in Monsters Unleashed. Um, he's big furry white guy, white white dude with like a couple of uh, like furry horns on his X E N M U. Sounds familiar. Um, you've seen him. Yeah. He's, he's, he's showing up and he can like manipulate, he can like, like manipulate you through the mind. And so he's talking about like, Oh, this goober, that guy. Oh shit. This guy's dope. Um, so he, so he, okay. I'm going to tell you something really cool about this character. That I'm sure you didn't know, which I just found out. So he shows up and everyone's like, Oh my God, it's Zemnu from the mystery planet. I used to love that show as a kid. And mm-hmm. so like everyone's, yeah. It's a dope and cover. So, and so like everyone's talking about like, Oh my God, Zemnu. I remember him from the mystery hour when I, I used to watch that as a kid. And so everyone is like, yeah, Zemu, you remember me? Oh me. Oh my. I'm, and like, he's pretending to be this like, like cartoon yeah. kids action hero that he's, that's shown up. And so like everyone is like, uh, and so the beginning of the issue has someone like, I remember the first time I saw Daredevil. Um, and so, blah, blah, blah. And so then we go to like, uh, uh, then we then we like have people like talking like, oh yeah, man, and Zemu showed up and like, uh, it's like, and who is the other guy? Um, and Hulk keeps going like, Hulk is Hulk, Hulk is Hulk, Hulk is Hulk. He keeps repeating that until he shows up, and so then Devil Hulk takes over because everyone's like, I can't understand you, big guy. I don't understand what you're ta- what you're talking about. And he's like, Hulk is Hulk, Hulk is Hulk, and he's like, I don't get it. Just let the other guy take over. And so Devil Hulk takes over. It's like, what the hell is he saying? Who the hell's the Hulk? Mm. And so people start the to, so then people, the next issue, people start to realize, uh, start to start to call Zemnu the Incredible Hulk. Uh-oh. Because the Minotaur, who runs Roxxon. Yeah, Dar- Dario Agar. Christian Bale's character. Maybe, maybe Christian Bale's character. Th- please let it be true. He, is bu- he bought the image of the Hulk through Zemnu. You're saying Dario Agar owns the IP rights yes. to the Hulk's? That shit, dude. This book is so good. Yes. I'm behind, but man, it's so good. So now everyone thinks that Zemnu is the Incredible That's Hulk, so good. who had an animated show when he was getting so like so 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 Hulk keeps yelling, "A Hulk is Hulk," and everyone's like, "I don't understand what he's talking about." Like even Bruce Banner is like, "I don't understand what he keeps saying." Like he's gone crazy or something like what that. What a concept of yo! I'm gonna buy the rights to the Hulk. So do you know? Do you know why Zemnu is going by the Incredible Hulk? Why Jack Kirby wrote the Incredible Hulk, and it was Zemnu yeah. when the, when they debuted. The, the Incredible Hulk, uh, as the Incredible Hulk, and the uh, as we know him, the Gray Hulk, he was the second character to hold the Incredible Hulk title because oh, okay. there was already a character d- who, who changed their name. They changed their name to Zemnu later on, just like there was an original Human Torch who was an yes. android in the in World War One. Yes, so, yeah. So that's why. So now Zemnu is going by the Incredible Hulk again. That's awesome. Because that's his original. Is his original. Oh my name. god, that's what you do. You just you actually get rid of the Hulk and you just make it the criminal Zimnu, <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's your newest uh, your newest character. Um, Lord, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a crazy book. So and Dario Agar is is trying to like change the public perception of the Hulk because he's a um, uh, because um, he's a Minotaur. <laughs> because it, well, he's try he's a capitalist. Okay, yeah, like yeah. it's 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 capitalism. Yeah. There's a heavy heavy undersea of capitalism in this in this arc. And it, it's real solid and real great. I love it so much. It's cool that Dario Agar uh, is still being shady and stupid because in his in Jason Aaron's Thor run, he uh, he took over uh, like all the elf worlds and like the dwarven worlds, and he just mined them for all their resources. Yeah, he and, talks about that. Yeah, and he was like, "Malkith, you can have Earth. Just let me have all the elf planets for their oil, baby." He talks about like. Um, 
because someone shows up is like, here's what what Roxxon should do with like um, clean energy and blah blah blah. I was like, why would we do that? Where's the money in that? Where's the money? In th- <laughs> yeah, like a lot like where's the money in that? And he crushes him and with his, his hooves. I love it. I love and he's it. like. Uh, why do you think I've stayed in power after I after it was public knowledge that I sold the world to the elves and am a minotaur? Yeah, and I'm a minotaur. <laughs> and I'm a minotaur. And so like people, so people are just like, what, what do you mean? It's like because I'm gonna bleed this place dry and then I'm gonna go live on my place in Alfheim. <clears throat> so cool, man. I God, I just I'm imagining Christian Bale like in a suit and he like takes off his sunglasses and he turns into a minotaur. Mm-hmm. It was like. Man, movies are cool. I just, <laughs> please let it happen. Yeah, <laughs> I need it to happen. Now that I've been familiarized with the character through the incredible, through the Immortal Hulk. Like, yes. Yeah, me too. I'm super into that. That's so crazy that he showed up there. That's great. Um, and after the War of the Realms, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I caught up on Hawkman, a DC's. That's, Hawkman. Sh- that's still going. Cool. Yeah, it's really good. I really like it. Robert Vendetti is really making a really great. I, I honestly would argue a seminal Hawkman run. Uh, no offense to Hawkman, but I I don't know what other. I mean, I'm sure there's ones from like the 80s or 70s. John's did one. Is it seminal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, John's did back then was seminal. Yeah. Um, yeah, John's did one, and obviously like, the older ones are probably really good. Justice yeah. League in uh, Europe, international. International. Justice League International has Hawkman in it, I believe. Mm-hmm. JSA. Um, the one, the Justice League of America book that Jeff Lemire did, the the one good thing he did that I liked in that book were was, and I've said it on this podcast before, but Vibe comes to sit next to, or Hawkman comes to sit next to Vibe, and Vibe's like, Hawkman, you're covered in blood. And he's like, it's not my blood. <laughs> and then Vibe just scoots a chair over. Like, that's good comedy. So that's the Savage Hawkman. And I'm really br- glad he brought that up because the Savage Hawkman should be dead because Carter Hall is alive. So the, Sav- oh, Red Cubs. So the Savage Ho- the Savage Hawkman actually shows up on Thanagar okay. with the with the last Shiera Hall. Oh, okay. Because, but there is a Shiera Hall. So there were two Shiera Halls. Oh, my God. We need a Hawkman podcast to explain all this. <laughs> right. So for those of you who don't know, Hawkman is, depending on the origin of the Golden Age Immortal. Hawkman, the Golden Age Hawkman, uh, Hawkman was reincarnated from an Egyptian prince. The Silver Age Hawkman, he was an alien from Thanagar. Yep. They merged those together to make him, he's a reincarnated Thanagarian alien prince. Alien prince. <laughs> but it got really convoluted. Jeff Johns tried his damnedest to make the Hawkman uh, origin story make any sort of sense. I don't think... Y- it, it it doesn't need to be this complicated. Like, do you I, know what happened though? No, Vendetti made it make sense. I'm sure. Good. I'm sure he so did. So finally, someone figured. So, someone added and like said yes and to Jeff Johns. Like, okay, here's what I'm going to do with with the with the convoluted Hawkmans. He is not only reincarnating through time as in linear. He's reincarnating through space and time. Mm-hmm. So he can pop up in the future or the past or anywhere. Or that makes sense. Th- Almost parallel like, worlds, uh, or uh, not the same, but kind of like like Superman in Doomsday Clock, how he keeps showing like you know in each. Yes. Almost like that, like he's a constant. Yeah. Uh, so like Hawkman has been reincarnated through space and time, been different aliens. He was on Krypton when it exploded. He was on Rand. He was on the planet. He was on uh, on one planet. He was reincarnated as a soldier in one army and then died in the reincarnated as a soldier in the next army. You said he was on Ran. He's on Adam Rand. Strange's world. Yeah. Strange Adventures out in, uh, last week. It's a good book. So, Car- so Carter Thule, the Ranian uh, version of, of Carter Hall, um, was a hero of Adam Strange. I like that. Um, he had a Kryptonian ship. He was reincarnated in the microverse. Um, so small. The the revelation it, it was actually that he was there at the dawn of time sacrificing millions and millions and millions of innocent people to this elder god that he was that he was a slave to with this other guy. Was that his name as Thule? That sounds evil. No. No. Uh, okay. uh so he so he was Carter Deathbringer, I believe it was. Mm, that sounds cool. And so he would like kill all these people and then someone helped Shaira 
helped him like come like save those people and so now he has to be reincarnated until he saves the amount of people that he killed that's dope that's like david or something yeah a little bit so yeah. like, so she so he and shiara hall have to see she and hawkwoman have to uh reincarnate after they die in order to save as many people so like millions and millions of people so like carter's like wait i don't even know if i'm almost done yeah uh, like, you can never be done what's my cap? what if you save the universe then then yeah there you go. and so like that that i don't know i don't know what how many people like killed back then as he's like realizes like what, what's going to happen so then the dark multiverse happens yo that's the coolest hawk man's ever been so um <laughs> he's a big hawk monster yes so he was he is infected with the dark multiverse energy um and a new personality comes out and it's this dark personality um it's the hawk man from earth three so Carter mm. Hall reincarnated on Earth three in a different universe. In a different universe. Okay. And was able to and became this person who remembered his first life and the rule that if you reincarnate, uh, the, that you have to save as many people as you killed. Uh, so he started. So the reason why he killed people on Earth three because he was evil, and to make sure that he kept he would he would live forever. So that he if he he would reincarnate forever by killing so many people. They introduced the idea they introduced a new team to Earth 3. Obviously, I don't know I mentioned the our audience knows this. The Earth 3 equivalent of the Justice of the Justice League crime syndicate? is the Crime Syndicate. They're the dopest. I mean, they're bad, but they're cool. Ultraman, Owlman, Superwoman, uh Johnny Quick and uh, Powering. Powering. He's the best. Um and they've introduced they've introduced Deathstorm and um He's got the skull face. Yeah. Cool. So they've introduced a lot of a, a lot of a lot of that, but the crime syndicate. Yeah. Um. But so the crime syndicate. Uh, um. Are the are like evil Justice League. Um. So like everything is reversed. If you're a hero on on Earth Prime, you're a villain there. And like Luthor's a good guy. Yeah. Um. Hawkman was initially on our version of the Justice Society. That's where he showed up. So he was the Earth Three version, the Injustice Society, the proto superheroes before the crime syndicate show up. And so he was killed by Doctor Light of that, of that universe, mm. or Shadow Thief, yeah, Shadow Thief of that universe, not okay. Doctor Light, um, and was reincarnated. So now that's the Hawkman that is around. Is that Earth Three version of Hawkman? It's not just him being evil. It's the Earth Three Hawkman. Man, that's uh, I've learned so much about Hawkman in this last two minutes. I, I really it. like the ho- current Hawkman. I bought the first vol- the volume. I bought the first issue when it came out like a year or so ago. And I'm like, hey, this is good, but this, you know, sometimes yeah, books you- fall. I'm reading five X-Men books. That's why I can't read anything else. Yes! Um, all right. Real quick, X-Men, uh, there's one panel that I really liked. I, I was a week behind on Excalibur, so I just caught up with it this week. And there's a great panel with uh, with Richter and Colin Bloodstone. And uh, he's like, Colin's like, hey, you hanging out with druids? And he's like, I don't know anything about druids. I know some druids. I vibe with druids. And I was like, I thought that was such a, a fun line. Uh, so good. <laughs> what got me was that one uh, that you retweeted about the guy in the sky. Oh. That's the exact same imagery from Oh, from Black, X-Men number Bolt. Holy shit. Oh, thank you for bringing it up. So yeah. in X-Men number 8, there's an image of Gabriel Summers. What? I've not read that one yet. Oh, no, okay. It's just it's just like it's like the very first page, so it's not really a spoiler. Oh, that's it's just fine. Uh, it's just him like floating in space and it is a direct um uh, recreation of something from his Fantastic Four run from uh 9 years ago. And the thing that if it's referencing there and if it's the same reference here, then it's it kind of makes sense and it's building up to stuff and it's just like Hickman's doing his thing and I'm like, holy shit. It's just one of those things where you that see That was the thing. Like because it's a side by side the image that Ryan retweeted it. and it's and it's like one hundred percent the exact same paneling but with two sure. different characters. Yeah. And nine years apart and it's like Hickman, what are you what are you doing, you <laughs> mad man? Yeah. <laughs> I need to read that Fantastic Four when I own it all now. Good. I'm glad. Uh shall we get into our 
Should we get into our bread and butter? Bread and butter time? Yes, please. And here's your bread. And your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Okay, okay, not in my ear, thank you. All right, then time now for B&B. Bread and butter. Yes. News. One, one second, though, real quick. Yes. Real quick, I'm going to steal the podcast. Okay, <gasps> take it. Can't do uh, this. Notice, I forgot to mention there was a new X-Men book that came out, Cable number one. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect because I don't really care about that character very much, but he's the younger Cable now, not the older Cable. And um, the the hook of, of the book, the book hook, is very good. It, I, it's it's a strong first issue where you're like, oh, this is the direction they're going, and it involves um, Rom and the Space Knights. Oh. Except Rom's not in it, but they have a character called like Grom, who's basically Rom. It's the Space but, Knights. Because uh, Marvel still owns the Space Knights. But yes, Marvel owns the Space Knights, but Hasbro owns Rom, the original. Yes. So like the old Guardian stuff did a lot with the Space Knights, uh, and, and now they're bringing it back, but it looks like the X-Men are going to be involved too. So it's just, it's a really cool first issue. Um, it's all about having a giant sword. Well, I wonder why a big sword's coming into play. Mm. Who knows? In a couple months. <laughs> that's, all, that's all. God Country. The movie? Yes, that is happening soon. That's why. Donnie yeah. Crypt. Do- Donnie Crypt. Donnie Cates Donnie finished Crypt. that script. Final Fantasy. So I guess that yet. No. No. Oh, sorry. No. All right. Well, so we do have some bad news before he gets. Book Hook should be the name of our comic related show. What should it be called? Book, book Hook. hook. Book Hook? Mm. Hmm. What's the hook? Can I have a logo the book club. with a comic book on the end? It's a hook with a book. We'll workshop oh, that. I was thinking, like, you know, those old school hooks, like in theater, that, like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. pull someone off screen? Yeah. Something like that. Right, but that, that kind of like implies that it's like a book we don't like. No, nah, we're yanking it off so I can read. I don't know. Anyway, what's the news, Brandon? So some sad news. Uh, <laughs> in a sad week. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, real quickly, Alan Bellman uh, passed away this week. If you don't know who he is, uh, the, no surprise. He is a golden age uh, artist who worked at Timely Comics before it was Marvel Comics. Um, he worked on characters of the original Human Torch, Namor, Captain America, like tons of tons of artists. Sad to say, I didn't know his name until I saw his a bit. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, he's the, one of the last Golden Age artists. Did, does how old was he? Ninety-five. It's a long life. Yeah, long oh life. yeah, yeah. That that's a that's a bummer. Yeah. That that time it's it's a lot like you know like World War One veterans. None of them are alive anymore. So it's like you're almost kind of losing that history. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Comic book history. Yeah. Um, but the I think the most tragic thing that happened this week, honestly, was Max von C- Max von Sydow. Dude, let away. me tell you, this is this has never happened to me before because I'm usually always on top of the news. I was doing a downright nerdy stream, and Max von Sydow was in Dune, the original 1984 Dune. Yeah. So we're talking about it, and somebody brings up Max von Sydow, and then he says, "Oh, he he passed away," and I was like, "He definitely didn't." I I feel like I would know about. It. It's like he literally passed away like 20 minutes ago, yeah. and I'm like, on live TV, I was just like, "Oh shit." Yeah. But he he was. Continue. I just found out in an interesting way. For those of you guys who don't know, Max von Sydow um, worked with. He was a frequent collaborator of Ingmar Bergman in Sweden. Um, lots of great, lots of great films. Seventh Se- Seal. Yep, is his most famous. Is the one where he plays chess with the devil. Yep. Um, you've all seen the Lipa. image. You've all seen the image. Um, uh, I saw a bunch of his for a film class, and I really liked that actor. And uh, later on in his life, he popped up in American films more often. He was the villain in Minority Report. He's also the villain in Flash Gordon. Villain Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shows up in Star Wars for a little most bit. Most recently, I'm sure most people listening to this will recognize him as uh, Lord, Lord, Lord Santeca yep. from Star Wars The Force Awakens. This will bring... Uh, this is a, a line about things. Still want to know exactly who he is. Comic books. That character. Read the Rise of, Scott, Rise of a Kylo Ren book. Yep. Mm. Apparently, he features pretty heavily. Okay. Apparently, that book's like awesome. Yeah. Charles Soule. Yeah. 
who would have thunk? Um, so yeah, Max von Sydow uh, passed away. I'm, I'm uh, 95, 90, 90 years old. Not, yeah. a, not a not a short life. Good long life. That dude has been in Great. so many holy shit movies. Over a hundred. Yeah. Uh, over a hundred movies. Great career. Uh, one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Yeah. So much in the same way as I felt when Kirk Douglas passed away, where I'm like, it's, it's sad in a sense, but it's also you know. You get to a certain point, yeah, and yep. you, you just know. And oh, totally. he, he lived a long, good life. Uh, yeah, his minority strong career behind him. Minority port. Oh my god, he was excellent. yeah Game of Thrones. He was in The Exorcist. Um, oh, I heard he was Game of Thrones. Yeah. Of Thrones. Uh, oh yeah, he was in Shutter Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the student. A uh, lot of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes a villain. Yes. He's got. I mean, he's got a great, great persona for it. And he's great got a voice. great voice for it. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, so yeah, both of those are. Both of those suck. Yeah. Um, think speaking of things to suck. That's corona. pretty much all the news, right? <laughs> we got some good news towards the end. Cool. Let's get through the let's wade through the shit. Yeah. The coronavirus striked again. Struck? The coronavirus has not stopped striking. <laughs> the coronavirus yes. continues to strike. There's nothing to strike back from. It's uh, still last week yeah. it didn't seem like too big of a deal and no time to die moved. Um and one and ECC was cancelled. Mm-hmm. By the way, ECC pops on sale. Yep. They uh, also set a date. For the new ECC. I think it's August. August. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it'll we do well. We we thought that uh, we didn't think it was going to get a lot bigger. Yeah, not 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 the effect. Yeah. So let's go. So I got it through sections. Okay. Cool. All right. So events Is it like waves that happened. Yeah. Good. So uh, events were canceled. E uh, three was canceled. Mm-hmm. That's a blow to the. To it the is. I will industry. say. Um, Every year we get progressively closer to E3 not being relevant because so many things True. like like PlayStation does their own events and Nintendo does directs. Like a lot of people don't care about E3, but yeah. this is definitely like a sign. Like, oh, it is canceled. It might be done forever now. Yeah, that la- last yeah. year might have been the last E3. Yeah, yeah. that'd be wild. Yeah, uh, because the people were already going into this year. Like, do we even want to do E3? Mm-hmm. And the ESA were like, yeah, absolutely. Everybody of course wants it's to because the, they because they. They it's their are, job. they run off of it, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're like, of course, everyone wants to do E three, and then this happened, and everyone's like, I don't think we need E3. real quick. We didn't really talk about it when it happened because it's not super relevant to our news. But Jeff Keighley, who is like Mister Video Games, like he he runs the Video Game Awards in December. Like he is like the biggest games journalist that like in in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going E three, and if he's not well, going, no, nobody is, and literally nobody <laughs> is anymore. And he once he was gone, a lot of people are like, oh man, this is a real because like he is Mister Video Games, yeah. and if the guy who represents the community isn't going, like it's it's dead. Well, because. Uh, um yeah, just E3 has become less and less of a big deal, and GamersCon is now the con. GamesCon. GamesCon, thank yeah, you. in Germany. Is, is now the one that seems to be taking... It's bigger than San Diego Comic-Con. Taking E3 in every way. Yeah. Um, it's been massive, and that looks like where that's where the attention's going to go, and E3 may be a thing of the past. Yeah. yeah. be interesting to see. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you might not recognize, one, recognize this one, uh, our audience, the Diamond Retailer Summit was canceled due to the coronavirus mm-hmm. fears. Now, this is important to retailers, to comic book retailers. This is where they get to go to talk to the monopolistic corporation called Diamond, which is a terrible corporation. It sucks. <laughs> they um, got the monopoly on comic books, unfortunately. Diamond Comics is horrible. Um, but this is where they go and talk to them. And, and you know, there's special comics that are made for, for the retailers to be able to sell. Um, it's a pretty important... It's a big business summit. Summit yeah. uh, for... for, for uh, retailers and and the comic book industry uh, that have this one canceled. This is canceled, not postponed. Yeah. That's wild, wild. Uh, the, who knows like what ramifications that will have? Probably yeah, not like a like, lot. But tons of tons of announcements were due. Yeah, DC was going to uh, make an announcement for like death metal. They'll mm. find they'll find their ways. Yeah, 
They'll have to be as, online. As with, yeah. the, as with the video game companies, like uh, oh. Microsoft already talked about how they're doing a, a digital conference. Bendis, yeah. Bendis was going to announce what the, his next superhero, Superman stuff is going to be at, at Diamond Retailer Summit. Nice. So, uh, that's, uh, yeah, we'll to see. be honest, this may in fact be a saving grace for some of the DC stuff so they can get more of their ducks in order in the light of Dan Didio. I got on. some more DC oh, news with Dan here. No, yeah. but I'm saying like this gives them an opportunity to kind of have a more unified message across the company yeah, when they true. come back and make an actual official message about it's what's almost, happening in the future of course like the virus is terrible but it's almost like a blessing for dc because like now they actually have extra time to figure things out yeah instead there's of, like, rush like, something out this is this is not good overall there are small graces of people being a, a granted like opportunity to kind of retool rethink things that are happening during this time sure. and this is a strong example of one where dc can kind of have a very clear message of what the future of dc comics is right now uh instead of this kind of like weird nebulous we're in ever since dan didio stepped down yeah sorry left um yeah left yeah um uh, WonderCon was postponed um it will happen but uh like the we talked about it up top this was this one was quick uh yeah. i i also i think it's important to recognize that de- postponed does not guarantee that these things are going to come back That's this true. year uh That's it really depends we don't know the length of the crisis that we're in uh, the anti-monitor isn't some, here Some yet. people, because yeah. I'm not thinking specifically of WonderCon. I'm thinking of um, the one we talked about last week, uh, the uh, game convention. The, the Oh, Game Developers Conference. Thank you. GDC. Yeah, the GDC, was what they said it was postponed, and everybody who's been talking about it has been like, it's not postponed, it's canceled. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to step it back up this year. It's not going to happen. There, there's too much else later in the year that already will need to be figured out for these companies. Sure. Uh, and I can see WonderCon being a similar situation. Like once we get too close to the schedules of ECC or, uh, I'm surprised Emerald Comic-Con, city announced the date so fast, like a concrete, like, I was it's too. August. I was too. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, that's because that's bold. I also think it's because they were like, look, we need to just say it here or it isn't happening this year. And I also think WonderCon's going to fall into that bucket where like if we get to the point where it's just San Diego Comic-Con's going to happen, WonderCon just won't happen until next year. Yeah, that'd be a bummer. I like WonderCon a lot. I um, do too. They, um, they, yeah, they, had, they released a statement like a day before this happened that's like, hey, we're, we're not moving. We're monitoring the situation. And the, the next day they're like, okay, we're going to put I got that email. This is, this is much of everything that was happening in Anaheim at that time. Right. And, and LA in general was a lot of like conventions and Disneyland itself and a lot of other places saying we're monitoring, we're fine, and then not long later, never mind, we got tickets, shut down. Tickets were sold out for Saturday, but Saturday there was a Brian Michael Bendis uh, panel that Donny Cates was was uh, uh, monitoring. Yes, that panel yes. is no longer happening. I'm like, oh my gosh. And now that it's moved, it's probably never going to happen. Yeah. Well, the Saturday tickets are back on sale. But I'm wondering if Bendis' schedule will allow whenever this is a new schedule. Yeah, yeah that's know. the thing. is that That's what I'm saying is like, yeah. you know, it, we, we reach a certain point where it's like these things aren't going to happen again this year. This will just get moved to the, we'll go to WonderCon next year. Sorry, guys. Yeah. The Kids' Choice Awards was postponed. Ah, oh, shucks. Best Kids' Award. We don't really care about, but hey, uh, some people, somebody does. And the people, BAFTA... People teens. do. It's a, it's, it's a whole... It's a situation. Yeah. The BAFTA Game Awards will be held online. That's cool. Instead of being com- instead of canceling or postponing, it's completely. it's nice that they're doing things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where you have the opportunity to go virtual, go virtual. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna talk about this one yet. This is tragic. <laughs> um, so a lot of a lot of things have halted production. I have a I have a list of just the very just things. I've Sorry, real quick. I just because I don't know if you have them. Do you have the sports stuff? That's no. important. Okay, so the baseball season's been delayed. Spring mm. training oh, was canceled. Yeah. Uh, now not canceled delayed mm-hmm. hockey was halted entirely stopped 
here and in Canada. Did you, were you guys on Twitter that you see that Canada has basically found a cure and people were like, once they canceled hockey, they knew it was too serious. Yeah, Canada, Canada, <laughs> gotta get Canada it took it serious real quick. <laughs> it's a good joke. Um, yeah, hockey was halted and the NBA season was canceled. Sports is canceled. This like is a I'm huge gonna... deal for two major reasons, obviously. Uh, one is the, the, the season itself. The season of sports. This is a huge deal. This has never happened before. The other thing is, this could be the beginning of a downfall for cable television. Sports content is the only thing that makes cable TV relevant anymore. If they lose, if this Money. goes mm-hmm. too bigger, yeah, literally, uh, channels pay billions to be the people who show the the That's basketball. Why you can't events. tape live television? It's like March it's, Madness yeah. is a multi-billion-dollar event for television. Sure. This being canceled is a huge economic blow for the cable companies. I it, we are we are going to be parsing out exactly what that means over the next year, but this is this is insanity. I I would imagine that this is going to should this last you know a while. I can imagine a lot of industries taking serious hits that they might not be able to recover well, from. Like like frankly, already just knowing what we know, which is like uh, most things are closed to the end of this month. Yeah. Um, some things are closed until the end of April. We already know that our own system cannot sustain us economically through this. There's going to be a recovery process. Oh, but good news. Uh, not to get political, but they just injected $1.5 billion into our, or $1.5 trillion into our, uh, into our uh, economics. So like they just printed off money that we don't have because we're already in debt. So we're fine. Don't worry. Think, yeah. they, don't no worry politics. about it. No because they just print because it. it's just, it's, it's just an illusion. But anyway, it's important that this is happening in the world of sports. Uh, football is the only thing not affected because the football season just ended. Super Bowl. Um, so sense. we're we're cool there. Baseball could still have its season even further delayed. Um, this is our our country has never halted sports in this. And I know, like you know, none of us are like really super passionate fans mm-hmm. um, uh, of sports. Ben is the biggest among us, but um, this is this is still a huge like demographic of people who yeah. care about this, and uh, this is a massive massive up upshake. And uh, it is going to be crazy to see what the fallout of this is. Specifically, the NBA one is is re- insane. Um, I did see a lot of the NBA players talking about they want to find a way. They're like, the, the, the one thing that they'd like to do is they want to find a way to stream. And I think it's a little silly, but I'm like, I mean, what else are you going to do? Um, with the NBA season canceled, they want to talk about streaming out games of them playing as their character i was literally gonna joke and make a joke about they should just play the video game they've been talking about it. they've been talking about hilarious. playing like the newest version of the b- basketball games that are meant to like, yeah, like really try and yeah. capture their identities and them playing themselves for games um but that's still fun but this still doesn't like capture all of like the college basketball games that are going to take the hits from this and things like that um but it's it's a thought that it is at least out there to kind of create some kind of balance i think you're i think you're on this i think you're let me just try and bring it back to something that you yeah, said yeah, for sure. which was um that we could be seeing like the downfall of cable television, um, and one of the reason, one of the things that I think that's entirely likely is also we could be seeing the the downfall of the theaters. It's possible. I think we might because there's a lot of call for hey, just release the movies online if we're going to be out there. Yeah, that's and I've I'm truthfully I'm I'm against it in most places, but some others not New Mutants, but um, I think that uh, if that happens, if the if the studios decide to just be like okay, yeah. Then they have just proven the theater system obsolete, and that and it might take a blow that it can't come back from. Um, my perspective has always been that like movie theaters are never going to go away; they they won't. Just like how VHSs are still around, that it won't go away. But they don't make them anymore. But the but the 
the thing is that like you know that's not how it works like what what happens is that uh with movie theaters uh some of the chains might die away but a lot of the independent buildings will stay other people will buy buildings renovate them to be new movie theaters things like that like movie theaters won't won't <clears throat> go away that's not going to happen um but i know what you mean and i and i agree like we can see like a, a decrease in the amount of theaters and where they are and and mm -hmm. what that what that reach is like you know we live in the la area there will always be movie theaters here mm -hmm. like we're always going to be able to go see movies but, I mean, but people who like live like... in like smaller towns and things like they can lose some of their chain access or even the independent cinemas the independent cinemas are going to take a massive hit i'm talking about th things like um there could be we could be looking at this as the uh, the beginning of, you know, maybe we just put Eternals on streaming. Well, not Eternals. I'm just using it I, as yeah. an example. I, I don't, don't. I don't think so. I don't think we're we're there. I don't think that's what's what the next step is. Yeah. I I still think that people maintain that they want the box office. It's it's just cleaner for them. I uh, yeah. That's the, the only even even why. with the downturn, like the theater chains themselves are going to take the hit, but the industry itself is still going to want to maintain the box. I office. mean, you're absolutely right. The the idea, the, the reason why the theater, the studios try to keep the theaters in business is because they can make a billion dollars off a movie like Black Widow, whereas you can't do that in streaming. It's exactly. it's almost impossible. Mm -hmm. Right. But if they could prove, if they could begin to prove the the that that is not necessary to make profit back. I think we could start seeing a downfall in those type of multiplex cinemas. I, I hear you. I don't think they're going to prove that off this situation, though. Um, for one thing, they're not they're not releasing things like Mulan to streaming to see what the audience is, and then people are buying it. To, like it's not it's not going to work that I mean, way. There is a call for it, though. I know there's a call for it, but the thing is, like, I don't I do not believe that even if they did that, the numbers would rake in the way they fe think mm -hmm. they would. People aren't going to just like people who are being put out of work right now are not going to spend eight fifteen dollars in order to stream Mulan at home right now. They're going to be concerned about the supplies they need to keep in in check and they're just going to watch things that they have sitting on the multiple streaming <laughs> services they own. That's what I was trying that's what I was saying when everyone was like I'll pay $17 to watch Mu to watch Mulan tonight. I was like I wouldn't. I don't have that money right now. Right. I, I like I, I like, wouldn't want to. I'll I'll wait. Like yeah. I got other things to focus on right now and I have plenty of options of what I can watch at home oh, without yeah. having to watch Mulan right this moment. Like yeah. it, that's the thing is like yes you have those hardcore fans who will do it but it is not going to do the numbers that would counter that anyway, we uh we diverged a little bit more than I expected. But we got back to the movies. Um so yeah, so a lot of things have halted productions due to the coronavirus scare. Um some things again, like in the name of the Batman, the Batman was like we're not going to do it and then they did it. Um, Stranger Things 4 has halted Falcon Winter Soldier WandaVision Loki Jurassic World Dominion Home Alone Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings The Batman Little Mermaid Batwoman Flash Supergirl have all halted their productions uh, Little Mermaid's getting made yeah cool um, that was also com confirmation that the Little Mermaid was full yeah <laughs> wasn't, wasn't uh, Jurassic World Dominion like close to being wrapped no no it oh, just okay. started filming it just started it just started yeah. oh, like a okay. week or two ago yeah. two well, weeks yeah wasn't I thought something else was close something to being else did Falcon recently. Winter Soldier is supposed to be done soon yeah I thought I thought WandaVision was finished. I I thought I honestly thought it might be like like uh, just more footage, you know. Yeah, I extra thought Falcon with the Soldier was finished, but it's also throw this down. they're also just saying blanketedly like production has been halted, and that can mean post production, just like editing and stuff. Because because uh, Disney has shuttered Disney at least I know as a studio. I don't know about many of the others, but Disney at least as a studio has shuttered its post production too. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, things like that. So we might be seeing some delays in some of these movies, TV shows, possibly for sure. Um, uh, theme parks have closed. Disneyland, Disney World, Universal Studios. All the Disney parks. All the Disney. All parks. the Disney parks closed on the same day. Uh, every the announcement was made in every country. 
Yep, we were all we already didn't have the Shanghai's and uh, the China and the yeah. Japan parks we were, had, we closed, had been it. closed for a while. We were talking about it, but Universal Studios has never closed. Right. Um, and Disneyland has only ever closed three, three times. other times before this. JFK assassination, uh, 9-11, and the Northridge earthquake. Yeah. And all of those were just for a single day. Yeah, but this time it's a couple weeks. This is, uh, this is unprecedented. It's very crazy. Um, I read a really uh, fantastic article. Hold on, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, that, uh, yes, uh, on the LA Times, Todd Martins, you guys can find this, uh, he's a game critic, he wrote an article called Coronavirus Fallout, Why Closing Disneyland is Such a Blow to American Optimism, which I thought was a really cool piece about how, uh, Disneyland has somehow, <coughs> excuse me, always been there through everything that has ever happened in our, our country's history ever since its opening, uh, and always been kind of like a, a place of fantasal, fantastical release uh, and getting away and escapism, and you're able to kind of like reset even in the knowledge of it being a theme park, and for the first time ever that that is actually stopped. Yep. Um, and uh, it really is a sobering moment for this whole country Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, to know that things like that are, you just can't. Uh, it's a really good piece. I think you guys should read it. I, I was really interested in the way that he wrote it. Um, and it is a very strange, uh, time to be alive in to know that we're at the point where we're going to look back and talk about, remember when Disneyland had to close for more than two weeks? Did do yeah. you have, um, all the late night news as well about all the late night hosts? Uh, no, I, I, I don't know a lot about that. So, uh, every single... I tried to keep it ev- small, but I guess we'll go bigger. No, nah, we're going worldwide. Uh, so, Jimmy Kimmel, we're, Trevor we're Noah... Living, we're living in a historical moment. John Oliver, Bill Maher, Samantha Bee, Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers, James Corden, and Stephen Colbert. So, every single late night host, they're not having any audiences. And they're all doing pre- pre-recorded shows. Uh, you oh, sh- I did know that. You should watch Stephen Colbert's, because uh, he's drinking a lot, and it's just really funny, him just talking to his coworkers. Uh, and it's not even presented like a regular show. It's just him talking. Uh, and it's really charming, and he's like, I kind of want to do this all the time. I saw the view. Uh, mm. Whoopi Goldberg wasn't was saying hi to the empty chairs. Yes. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there's videos out there. You can see uh, one of my friends went to the park uh, on its last night before it closed, and they did a, a very unique closing ceremony. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Like very impromptu, and and you know this is goodbye send off. And I was like, oh, it's really. Really weird. What a saw, really weird place to be in. I also saw uh, like a picture of it, and it's like, wow, I guess it's a good idea to gather every single person all bunched up and get them all moving together <laughs> in like like sheep. Like that's how you stop the virus. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Well, um, that's why they're closed. Yes. So we. Uh, so a lot of movies have been pushed. This happened a lot, and I was deleting every episode that we had prepared. Uh-huh. And how this is happening? Um, the big news was that a Quiet Place Part Two. A week and a half before it was due to release, has moved. That was crazy. That was insane. I just watched Emily Blunt do an interview about it. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was before everything got really big. Yeah. Yes, was when this happened, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of nuts. What? A quiet place in this in the next one we're talking about. We're like a one-two punch. Some theaters punch. have it. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. They got prints for it. Yes, yeah. they got prints and digital copies of it. Yeah, they're ready to go. Uh, F9 was the, was one of the big ones. Whole releases. year. F9 I, was was to due to release August. And now is April yeah. 2021. I thought that one was extreme. That's so far away. Yeah. Uh, I was too. like, what? Why? That movie's done. <laughs> There's so many other things before you that are probably going to come out and be fine. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are we going over a year later? Yeah. Which makes me think that there might be some some kind of other reason. It could be. It doesn't, it doesn't totally make sense. So yeah, F9 pushed to April 2021. Or they're being kind. And they're trying to leave open a spot for 
other films. It's supposed to come out in May. Jesus. Or they couldn't find a spot. Well, I mean, like they're already at August, so I don't think that they need. Sorry, to. May. We were just corrected. Sorry, May. Uh, I I already don't think they necessarily need to do that. But um, maybe they're maybe they are trying to be kind and just or just being aware that other things that have now been delayed are still going to have to release later in their schedules. There's mm-hmm. going to be slightly yeah. more built up competition. What a bad year for Godzilla versus Kong to have started. Yeah, because like yeah. you look at November because you got Bond and uh, Godzilla Kong. Well, this week Godzilla vs. Kong was supposed to be out. This was the original, <laughs> this is the week. this is the original release date for Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and one other movie, I forget which one. Um, both pushed, of course. So, uh oh. Um, yeah. So then Peter Rabbit two. Oh shucks. Mm-hmm. The the biggest disappointment I feel. Mm. Trolls moved up to Bond. Spot. It is not the biggest disappointment you feel, and I know that's I know <laughs> <you're> lying. Uh, <laughs> Trolls moved up to Bond's spot, so they moved up a couple weeks. Interesting. Yeah, bold. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a movie that I don't think should have moved. Antlers. It, honestly, that and the other and the other smaller one. Yeah, I think Antlers would have done fine. Yeah, it, it probably doesn't need as much money. I don't think that movie was going to make a lot of money regardless. Yeah, uh, I I do think that on some level at this point it's them being preemptive of like a possible entire quarantine where the theaters are forcibly shuttered. Mm. Yeah. Um, in which case you don't want to be releasing releasing a new movie at that point, and yeah. so it's it becomes a better safe than sorry situation. Um. That being said, I, I I agree. Like I don't think it needed to move. Um, Mulan also mm. moved. Uh, Sparks predicted that last week. Not Ye- far though. Y- no, it it it's not th- entirely. No, none, oh, oh. none of these have dates. Oh, I saw somebody lied to me. Somebody no, I know you. I saw yeah. you told me that, and yeah. then I then I heard from someone else, and I looked into it later. And Mulan is not scheduled okay. again. Got it. So none of these are. Uh, Fast Nine is the only movie to have a scheduled release date right now. Yeah, That's crazy. Uh, so so Mulan's just off the schedule right now. Um, Same with the Quiet Place too. It it started early in the week. They postponed the European release. Yes. Um, China. I looked into it. China's is already being. China's is already determined by their government. It doesn't matter what we do. Um, over here. Uh, so that was always going to be a delay. Uh, but yeah, now Mulan's been pulled entirely. Um, I just thought with the way that everything was going, I'm like, if it gets if it gets any bigger, which it did. Mulan was going to move, yeah, because uh, that's a that's a big international film for them. They want that international audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, New Mutants, yeah, it's pushed one. for the third time. This one hurt <laughs> really bad. This one really. <laughs> we hurt. were like a couple weeks away, man. So close. We got so close. All the marketing was was hot. We got hot character Put spots. It out anyway, who cares if it bombs? You're nope. not going to use these characters again anyway. Nope. Like honestly, that I wish it was coming out this week. Like no, nope. uh, realistically, that movie's not going to make a lot of money. Like. Th- X-Men fans are going to see it. Its franchise is dead. It it would have made like $5 million opening weekend. Like, just just put it out on digital. Like, that's what it should have happened three years ago. Three years ago! In fact, I I would even make an argument that, like, they could have done it. They could have had the people who were willing to brave the theater come out and see it. Um, And they talk good stuff about it. And maybe people still don't feel like going out and braving the theater, depending on what the situation is. But they do make the decision that, you know what, I'm going to buy it when it comes out on digital. I'm going to buy it when it comes out on home media. Because I yeah. heard all these things, and they become more invested in checking it out at that later date. I think they should have held to it. I agree. I don't think that it affects New Mutants' uh, profit margin oh, enough to so warrant. They released. It. They released a new TV spot where uh, mm-hmm. it's like all the characters together, and they're like, "You can't kill that thing. It's magic." And then the character Magic goes, "So am I." And her eyes turn glowy, and she has her sword. And it's like, we were so close. Yeah. And you know what's so Jesus, interesting? Man. What's so interesting about this? It was supposed to be released two years ago. Yep. And then they were going to do reshoots to possibly turn down the horror. We don't Three know. Three years ago. Huh? 
Wasn't it three years ago? Wasn't it 2017? I think it was two years, 2018. I think the original release was 2018, then it moved to 2019. Possibly. It's filmed in 2017. I know that. Okay. Yeah, it was filmed in 2017. So then they they pushed it because they couldn't schedule the reshoots because of Game of Thrones. And then they didn't do the reshoots because of the Disney merger. It just kind of got lost. And then they pushed it here. And man, two times just to be moved again by an act of God. Yeah. Um, That movie, that poor movie. And you know what? It's probably movie. just gonna be. It's probably like a, just a, a like a nice little low budget fun movie. And it's like, eh. and you know what? It's Josh Boone's movie too. They never did the reshoots. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's that same movie from two years ago. Yeah. Um, I just man, I really hope it just. This honestly might be the last straw, and they would just put digital put For it real. on digital because like, what are you gonna do? Put Dude, it Frozen on Two. You can date? watch it now. Like like Rise of Skywalker, you can buy it like super early. Like just why are you picking on the new mutants? New mutants, honestly, like. Why are you picking on my boys? This one is the one where I'm just like, yeah, no, probably digital. Yeah. Like, really? Who cares? Yeah. I want to see it. You want to see it. We all want to see it. Yeah, man. Nobody yeah. else does. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Let me just see. Seriously. I just want it. Just That's it the me. one that really hurt. Like, even I was like, I kind of made a joke about it. Oh, yeah. It really it. hurt. Yeah. But one of the person was just like, you know, at this point, I think it's just they never forgot to ma- they forgot to make it. That was a good joke. <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been like a an April increasingly Fool's convoluted joke. lie ever yeah. since. And just What's like, the next and here he goes, and here you go, guys. Oh no, the prints on fire. Oh no, it melted. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> it melted. <laughs> How did it melt? I don't know. Just uh, there it is. Spontaneous. Oh no. Uh, yeah. But that's that's all the big ones, and I'm sure a bunch of other small films moved that I didn't see. Yeah. But this wild man. Those every, are those are the major announcements. Every movie. That we were going to talk about for the next couple of weeks. Gone. Heck Gone. yeah. That means we, we can do more fun, creative uh, talkies. Start thinking. You guys no. want to play a game of Heads Up 7 Up on live? No. <laughs> that sounds we're like in quarantine, <laughs> quarantine time. That sounds awful. It's like a rainy day at school. <laughs> oh, Everyone's got to stay in for recess. That's a video podcast, if anything, because that's audio. <laughs> that's just people with their heads down. We no, I think it's best as audio. If, we're, if we get quarantined. What are you listening to... to? I'm listening to the fake nerds play Heads Up 7 Up, I think. <laughs> If we get quarantined, we're going to have to figure out how to put that at the show. We're if not we, going to get quarantined. If we get... Well, <laughs> we'll see. There's weird times, Ryan. It's Actually, that'd be dope because like, wow, I am in the Ryan, you line. said last week Mulan wasn't going to get postponed. So... You know what? In this world, <laughs> like, they took the New Mutants for me. Just, I don't care. Just do it. <laughs> keep me in my house. I don't need a job. You took New Mutants You from took me. magic from me. <laughs> um, all right. So some good news now. Oh? Finally some good news. Yes. Uh, Steve Orlando has left DC Comics. For Marvel Comics, yeah, uh, this is really great, not just for the, we'll get to the book that he's writing, but real quickly, just some words on Steve Orlando. He was writing the ongoing Wonder Woman book, had a lot of plans for it, but Apollo DC, and Midnighter, baby. DC never really knew what to do with him. They kept throwing yes. him around. It's an interesting situation because um, Steve Orlando is very openly gay, and yes. he, he wrote Apollo and Midnighter, which is an openly gay couple, and that's yeah. super cool. Like, Midnighter is like a Batman with a computer in his head. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a super dope character. Um... And the one thing about Dan DiDio is that he allowed that to happen. And, and Steve Orlando openly said, like, hey, man, like, Dan is the, kind of the reason I got to do what I wanted. At the same time, he never got to write it long enough or it is always truncated. Mm-hmm. And, again, they didn't know what to do with him. So he didn't write a lot outside of those core couple books. Uh, and I think – He'd be a fill-in writer somewhere. Yeah, um, like for tie-ins and stuff. Yeah. So I think him going to Marvel, like, there he's going to fit in. Especially now, he's going to fit in very well. And Marvel, Marvel has been very open about – curating new and diverse voices uh the past couple of years more so than dc has um no slight to dc look it's a business yeah but uh i think i think he will fit in really well in marvel uh i i do think while it is a business it is you you should 
you know, uh, diversify as much as you can to have as much different audiences. I am 100% and and in Marvel that. right now is killing it. Uh, well, like see, with, with female solo titles, with like, like female led books. With, I think uh, DC went the wrong way they, because they put their, their young adult stuff. As their more diverse a lot of kids stuff, yeah, yeah. As their more diverse line, whereas Marvel has just made it their line. Uh, it's just more diverse. It's just the regular books. Yeah. yeah. So I think perhaps that might have been. Look, you know, everyone tries. Nobody yeah. tries to be an asshole. Yeah. Um, I think the book he's writing it sounds awesome. Yeah. So he's writing uh, Darkhold Alpha number one. Um, we'll probably spin off into a Darkhold series of whatever he's writing. The art's going to be by Cian Tormi. He's awesome. He's so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, critically, this is what it says. Critically. Critically acclaimed writer Steve Orlando makes his Marvel debut with a story that will delight and terrify. For hundreds of years, scholars and heroes alike have searched for the complete text of the Darkhold, a.k.a. the Book of the Damned, written by the elder god... Cthon? Cthon. Yep. Sure. Basically Cthulhu, but Marvel. Um, now one of the greatest sorcerers in the multiverse has found it, and Cthon... Uh, has found him to save them all the scarlet witch must gather the world's greatest heroes and unleash their inner darkness the scarlet witch was um um so it, the house of m event it was later retconned that Cthon was actually uh possessing her and that's the reason that the no more mutants thing happened interesting yes a lot of people don't like that uh because it's just like oh then like doesn't that kind of depower her Yes. Yeah. But it's, it also takes away because some people like if you're reading the X Men now, like they call her a pretender. Uh, a lot of people didn't like that that they made Scarlet Witch basically like, just like a crazy lady. Yeah. So this kind of takes away her just being a crazy lady. Oh, she was like under the influence of demons. Um, She's it, also not a mutant anymore. Yes. So it, it's a lot of like it doesn't really work. But Cthulhu is is a cool Cthulhu creature. Yeah. This I, I'm looking forward to him now being able to work on yeah. Marvel stuff. Yeah. And Doctor Doom is in this book. Heck yeah. Um, Your boy. Cian Tormi. Uh, he's actually been. Uh, uh, I follow him on Twitter and he's been posting a lot of Doctor Doom stuff and I'm like what are you doing dog and this is what he's been doing and I'm like oh sweet more Doctor Doom Um, oh I don't want I'm too excited about that that real quick uh, this just happened in the news right now ooh Um, give it to me the New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio just ordered all movie theaters to close damn de Blasio so all all movie theaters, every single one, are meant to close tomorrow night by order of the mayor holy shit it's gonna Uh, gonna cascade to the rest of the country for sure yeah so Good thing um, we're not saying anything. The be, next couple weeks. be aware, everyone. This is a, uh, this is still moving on many things. Yeah. Dude, uh, for just real quick, how awesome! Like, it would be so cool if just like actually the world shut down for just like a week. Just like, hey guys, just stay in your homes. Like, get food. It's like everyone just chill out, have fun. Nobody needs to work. Everyone just have fun for a uh, week. Uh, <coughs> I just want that. The the CDC has uh, also at this exact same moment recommended no events of more than 50 people for the next eight weeks in the U.S. 50 people? Eight weeks? I work at a restaurant that has hundreds of tables. (laughs) So that's going to be cool. We might be postponing the show for a bit soon. Uh, Yeah, everything's... everything's, developing everyone that's awesome that's uh, that's not awesome but like what this is what we need to do to stop something like this from happening don't be scared just do a quarantine i don't know if i could survive eight weeks oh hell yeah dude without I, getting paid without getting oh paid. no that sucks yeah. have you done your taxes yet yes it's not enough to last no eight i weeks. know no i know <laughs> and even then it's not meant for that like that's not how any of us should be no i know to maintain ourselves yeah um anyway. i just want to not do anything for a couple weeks that'd be so nice i mean yeah but I'm i tired. also like to get paid to do, to, to do it yeah um, all right, so I will talk about this a little later because I'm really excited about this. So Generation 1, if you guys remember the gen- the 5G book, one-shots that we're going to launch into whatever the hell the 5G event Band was. Dandadia's pet project we don't know anything about. Right. Um, Generation 2 didn't show up on this week's solicitations. Oopsie poopsie. And everyone was kind of like, uh, whoa, huh. Um, Ryan Higgins 
mm-hmm. uh, the owner of the Comics Conspiracy yep. uh, shop slash shop podcast, slash podcast um, has said that DC has informed retailers that it is going to be resolicited, mm. uh, which means 5G is not happening, right, guys? So, I, if it's if it's not if it's I bet it's happening, but I bet you it is going to be a very small thing compared to a big thing because I think yeah. it might be too far in production to completely halt it. But you can truncate the ending so you can just end it quickly. Yeah, I w- I've always said like I don't mind the idea of the one shots. Like I I even talked to Ryan Higgins about this on the on on Twitter a little yeah. exchange. Like honestly, I don't mind going back through DC history and seeing what's canon and what's not. That's fun. That's always fun for history me. History of the Marvel Universe just did that yeah. in a fun way. That's not like bullet text of this like this happened this happened yeah, yeah. so you want to do these one shots sure whatever the whole thing i was i was opposed of was doing it as a as an event yes like i don't mind doing the generations let's do it but don't do the event yes i don't need 5g you can just have a fun book that's telling me the history yeah exactly yeah. uh those are always fun to look through what what the current continuity is I yeah love that that's shit. that's the part i like but i mean it's still gonna have manhattan flash yeah oh, boy. i'm mm. sorry i'm a dr flash Flash Hatton, Doctor West. Why is Scott Liddell writing so many DC books? Wally Manhattan. What happened, dude? I, I honestly, I wonder if it's just like, hey, Scott Snyder, do you want to do this generation book? Nope. <laughs> Tom Taylor. Nope. And it's like the ninth person. Person. Uh, person. <laughs> I turned to uh, Mike Tyson for a second. Like, hey, Scott Liddell, you're twelfth on our list, and he's like, ah, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> but like. Come on, dude! Like so you many. Look pe- at Marvel. Marvel's got Al Ewing, Donny Cates, uh, Jason Aaron, Hell, like yeah. really exciting, fresh voices. And DC's like Scott Liddell's, I guess, controlling the universe. Yeah, and then like one of their best guys, Scott Snyder. Like, what is he doing? He's just doing more Batman stuff, which he walked like he didn't walk away, but he ended his Batman run. Yeah. And now they just got him doing multiple Batman books again. Yeah. It's like I bet I wonder if he wants to do something else too. Well, technically, I guess Death, Death Metal, Metal is, is his a, idea. Is a Wonder Woman story. Not oh, a that's cool. Story. Okay, there you go. Um, Batman's well, that's cool. in it. Yeah, I rest my case then. Um, yeah, I don't know though. Tom Taylor should have done it because Tom Taylor is doing deceased to Dead Planet. I, I, he liked my tweet that I that I posted about this, but this is the generation book that I want. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read deceased now just so I can read this sequel book. This sounded really awesome. Um, this is Tom Taylor returning to deceased. He's currently writing the three issue miniseries Deceased Unkillables, which is a side quill, uh, like a like a 1.5 Hobbs and Shaw, if you will. Um, a uh, Bruce and Lloyd get smart. If you will, what's if, what? If you remember no, I, that, I, I do know what you're talking about. Get smart, the Steve Carell. Uh, it was like the spinoff film. Got it. Okay. It was a spinoff film with uh, that's a pool. Masioka and some other one. I like that movie. Yeah, I do that too. Bill Murray's in a tree. Yeah, gets me every time. I like I like that get smart. Movie. I haven't seen that in a while. I think it's good. The Rock's the, one of the only you know times the Rock's a bad a great, guy. That's a great quarantine. Pull that one off the shelf. Yeah, and watch true. It. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's on Netflix. Yeah, do it. <laughs> 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 So Tom Taylor is returning to write this series uh, with art from Trevor Hairsign, who did the um, uh, the first miniseries, the DC's first miniseries. We read the first issue. It looked good. Yeah. Um, basically, it's a new generation of heroes returning to Earth years later. Um, spoilers for DC's, unfortunately. Uh, I guess they lost Earth. Yep. And, um, John Kent became Superman. Damian Wayne became Batman. Black Canary became Green Canary. Yeah, dude. I love that Green so Lantern. much. That's so cool. Uh, oh. Tom Taylor's always done really cool stuff with the Green Lanterns. The stuff that he did in Injustice Year yeah, 2. Awesome. Awesome. He just, I, I, I said on like he's like like right now like the best alternate universe writer. Like yeah. if you wanted to give me like a what if story, like g- give it to him. He just yeah. he has such a grasp on the core of the character that he can transition into something new. Yes. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, Constantine is in it. Black, like black, like we we kind of know who survives DC and who doesn't. Yeah. Um, which I don't mind. It's just it's still it's still a sequel looks book. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, this will well, this will start coming out June 10th. Um, and I guess he has plans for more DC's books, which I'm totally on hey board man, for. if they're good and they sell, good. You know what? Marvel Zombies was good, and I'm happy for as many books mm-hmm. we got, so let's do it. Real quick, Death Metal News, they released another uh, uh, picture, and it's a, it's a Swamp Thing picture. Swamp Thing's in it. Oh, yeah. And he's like dried up. He's yeah. like a dried up leaf man with a, with like a, fl- uh, a torch. I call like, him Mad Max Swamp Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah, we'll do this one next. Dracula Mother Effer. Yeah! Um, a pulpy graphic novel that reimagines Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, written by Alex de Campi, Campi, and uh, with art by Erica Henderson. Erica Henderson, I think she did Lumberjanes. Mm. You keep going. I don't think that's right. I, you keep going. I'm going to look it up. Um, it, this is influenced by horror anime, pulp detective novels, and black exploitation film posters. Uh, you should look up the art for this one. I think uh, you I'm like excited. this one specifically, okay. uh, Sparks. Um, opens in, 19- in 1889 Vienna as three of Dracula's br- uh, brides pin the vampire to his coffin. It then jumps to 1974 Los Angeles, uh, where B.B. Bol- Boland, a starlet tipping her prime, resurrects Dracula, the only person that knows what happened is crime scene photographer Quincy Harker, but it will be difficult to get people to believe him. So, oh my gosh. Okay, so it's about, it's about the brides, and then it's 1974 California? Yeah, Los Angeles. That's awesome, and then the black exploitation. That sounds. That sounds awesome. That sounds really cool. Okay, so Eric Henderson. It was something similar. She worked on Unbeatable Squirrel Girl and Jughead. Yes. So she has like a cartoony style that's really yes. good. Um, uh, I am totally in this book. This after, is from Image. It looks really cool. After uh, after the Netflix BBC Dracula, uh, I'm into more Dracula. Bloomhouse is working on a Dracula, whatever. Uh, more Dracula, please. Yeah, Sparks just the. Uh, yeah, I didn't put that in the news, but because we, I was waiting for some more. Oh on yeah, it. I love this art. Yeah, I thought you would. Yeah. Uh, but Blumhouse is working on a Dracula film. Mm-hmm. Uh, may not be for Universal, though. We don't know. Oh. Because um, they don't have an exclusive deal with Universal, which I just found out. This is my jam. <laughs> Look yeah. at this. I, th- I thought you'd like that one. Uh, Sparks is showing Ryan some art. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I thought you might like this one. It's called Sparks. Dracula Mother Effer? <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Oh, and on that, on that nice, beautiful art piece is just this, but all things must end. Empires, reigns, marriages. Yep. <laughs> That's good. Flood uh, this happened a while ago, but I kept forgetting to put it on the news. But I'm so excited for it. I wanted to keep bringing it up. Predator, the original screenplay, oh, right, right, right. is being published by Dark Horse uh, as a five or six issue miniseries. This is the original Predator. Which is going to look like that ugly, stupid thing? Yes. Good. <laughs> um, it's If you guys don't know, look up J- uh, John Claude Van Damme, Predator. It's wild. The original Predator, Predator outfit does not look nearly as cool as no. the one we have now. So this is this is going to be based on the on the original screenplay from 1984 called Hunters. This is before it was changed to Predators. Uh, the it will be adapted by Jeremy Barlow, who does Alien vs Predator uh, and did a book called Star Wars Empire, which oh. from Dark Horse uh, back with the Dark Horse days. Um, art by Patrick Blaine, who also did Star Wars uh, Empire and a book called Witchblade. If you guys don't know which blade, famous top cowboy. She's got a blade on her hands, half naked. Um, in Predator, and she's a witch. I just wanted to fill that out. Oh, she's a witch. She's a, witch. she's a warlock. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I only read Switch, so I don't know. Which is the teen witch blade by Stepan Sedgwick. Mm. <laughs> only last. He three. would be a good fit. Yeah. Well, he wrote Witch Blade. He started on a witch no, blade. No, yeah. I mean, like he's he is a good fit for that. Yeah. And then he tried to make a he tried to reboot it like the ultimate version of Witch Blade. Sexy Witch Blade. Uh, but. It, nobody bought it, and he got he got like really, anyway. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> like lasted, lasted, like a lot of his books. <laughs> yeah, it only lasted three issues, and then he keeps saying he's going to come back to it. But that that effort, <laughs> I love him. I love yeah, Stefan Centric so much. Harley. But when he when he does when he does his twit his Twitter is like I've got the next decade of my life filled out, and it's like 
Ah, uh, Death Vigil Two. Yeah, that's um, so far away. Which uh, um, uh, Sunstone? Yeah, uh, my my novel. Yeah, um, uh, Rav- he wants to bring back Ravine, and it, and which is awesome because Ravine's a really cool like fantasy book uh, that Ron, he did with Ron Mars in the back in the oh, day. Ron Mars, yeah. So like, I'm super excited for this, but like. Harleen did well enough to get a sequel, and he's like, you know, I'm all full up. Even though he was talking about, like, I want to do more Harleen. And it's like, why are you doing this to us, man? Money. Why are you doing to us? Money, money, money. And then, like, Switch, he was like, yeah, I'll do my Patreon. We'll have Switch on my Patreon. But then he, then he picked up Fine Print, so he's not doing Switch now. So I'm like, come on, man. Hey, man. Come he's, on, man. He's got, he's got to do what his heart tells him to do. I know. Follow the story. But, like, more Harleen, please. Yeah. Anyway, um, so in Predator, the original screenplay, a team of military specialists are on a rescue mission in the jungle of Central America. The details of the mission are classified, but the team soon uncovers uh, a trail of lies and deceit. Something is observing them, tracking their every move. The hunt has begun. Lies, deception. Oogly boogly. Oogly boogly. They're also releasing the a- Aliens original screenplay. Cool. Uh, both of those, both of the art is is uh, why I'm excited for them because the art is exquisite. Uh, Dark Horse has made kind of a name of releasing the original screenplays of things. We did read the Star Wars together. They're yeah. currently doing Alien 3. Jedi Bendu. Uh, well, the, sorry, they did Alien 3, the original screenplay, the one that, that didn't have Ripley. She didn't come back. So that's really cool, I think. Rip Ripley. The, uh, look at some of the art. It's I'm excited cool. for that. Me too. Hunters. The Three Jokers got a release date this wow, week. Wow, finally. The reason why it took two years, apparently, is because they were waiting for the whole thing to be done before releasing it. That's smart. Smart. Especially with the Black Label books, they've always been delayed. Um, and everything that happened with Doomsday Clock. Yeah, and everything that they happened don't with want, Doomsday yeah. Clock. Uh, but this is now four years in the making since Justice Jesus. League 50. Two years since they, start, since they announced it. Oh, my God. Um, the Three Jokers. Oh, better be, yeah. Better be great. I remember the tease of The Three Jokers. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, written by Jeff Johns and with art by Jason Fabok. Yeah. Uh, out June 17th will be the first issue. Then the next issue will be in July and then August. And there are 40 pages, I think they said. I think, I I think, think so. Yeah. Three 40 pages, 40 pages prestige format books, much like the other ones. I don't know if they're going to be magazine size or regular size. We'll have to wait and see. Um, the three Jokers uh, that, we are, that are in the book are the 1940s Joker, so the very first Joker, the Killing Joke Joker, and the death, death in the family Joker. I have an issue with the fact that there's two of them. Those should be the same Joker. That was they, the same year. They are. They are. Yeah. I, it's it's very interesting. That's a weird one. I mean, it's not written by like the same writer or anything, but like it's it's basically the same yeah. Joker from when, the same era. When they had the character art pieces come out, I was yeah. like, one of these Jokers doesn't look like the other two, but the other two look a lot alike. Yeah. They <laughs> honestly, they should have either done like uh, Scott Snyder's Joker. Yes. Or they should have done um, the Grant Morrison Joker where he has a crazy tattoo on his back. Mm-hmm. Like something that's so drastically different. I think it should have been, no matter what, I think it should have been the first Joker. That's right. The Killing Joke, Death and the Family Joker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one Joker, though. Yeah. And then a modern Joker. Yeah. Because all three represent very different personalities for that character and could be really interesting to explore. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying this can't be interesting to explore. I'm just confused by the decision to include both Killing Joke and Death and the Family. As two different jokers. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure there's uh, like a canon reason that's going to be explained. One sure. Joker had a really bad day. The other Joker had a second really like bad a really day. really bad day. One Joker had a gun. One Joker had a crowbar. It was a whole thing. They got confused. I do like that. That I, I think I read that Batgirl and Jason Todd are going to feature heavily They're in, in the it because like they are mo- they are 
they were destroyed by the Joker yeah, in some way. It's Batman, Batgirl, and Red Hood. That's cool. Uh, in this book. Thank God somebody other than Scott Lovell is writing Red Hood. <laughs> right. Because I would like to read something by the, by the Red Hood that I like. Red Hood has been not has not been written by Scott Lovell in a very long time. Like 10 years almost, yeah. dude. Since not too. Not. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, this is what Jeff Johns had to say about the book. It goes back to the beginning when Batman first encountered the Joker, but it's also the killing joke and death in the family that we that speak to the book and that we're building off emotionally. Barbara and Jason have, have gone through so much, as has Bruce, and it's really f- uh, focused on healing, on scars and wounds and what that does to somebody. If you suffer some trauma, you don't just get over with it and move on with your life. It changes who you are. Uh, sometimes it changes you for the better. Sometimes it changes you for the worse. You can heal right and you can heal wrong. That's really what the book's about. Healing right, healing wrong, and surviving. I think that's all really cool. Yeah. I've been super stoked for this. I love Jeff Johns. I'll read anything he does. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you and I were talking like, it's very likely once this book is done, he's leaving DC. Yeah. Um, I mean, man, after the, the Dio news, like, I I honestly don't know, like, what he's feeling. Like, ooh. yeah. Because, like, he's not working on a lot besides Shazam. And that book's, like, been, like, muddled with, like, with uh, like delays and stuff, too. So, yeah. like, who knows where he's but at. But also, that book is he still on any- it? So uh, there, we're told it's a fill-in writer. Okay. There was a new writer solicited. Oh for the yeah, book. yeah. I know you looked into this. Yeah. So we are we are told it's a fill-in writer, uh, but we won't know until next month when they announce when they announce the solicitation for the next issue. And if he is on it, if the fill-in writer is on it, it's likely Johns is not writing that book anymore. Generally, yeah. When you got two people and <laughs> the bigger guy leaves, yeah. I that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. I hope not. I hope this is just a fill-in writer, yeah. Uh, like Christopher um, Priest. Priest did, did two issues for Superman mm-hmm. uh, when Patrick Gleason was writing it. Um, so who knows? Yeah. But I would, I would, uh, I'd be very upset to lose Jeff Johns at DC. He's my favorite writer. He yeah. shepherded in my favorite era of DC. You should uh, read his Avengers run. I should. I really should. It's 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 good. Yeah. Not great. It's good. <clears throat> um, he clearly he cares more about the DC characters. Oh, 100 percent. I just just like Bendis, like it would be. Someone who's been on one side for so long, it would be so refreshing and to see his take on those characters yeah. with like DC mentality. Like it'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, Real quick on the yeah. Batman front, since we're talking about Batman, um, uh, Tom King is teasing Catwoman Batman uh, and he released a page uh, basically confirming that Catwoman is pregnant with Helena. And it was mm-hmm. such a beautiful page. It's ask. so cute. Holy God. Do you think they'll call her Helena? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is this is because their way. Because there is a Helena Bertinelli. Yes, I think this world. is their way of like we're just making this is like 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 the Earth Prime or Earth six one six version of this would be her. Because when they so when, when does that start releasing? A couple months. We don't have a date yet for Batman Catwoman. It was supposed to be a couple months, yeah. but we'll see if it. Yeah. Um, man, I wonder if Tom King would still be writing Batman if Didio didn't leave. It's a it didn't, it's Didier a left. fabulous question. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know my confusion, well, not really confusion, but uh, Helena Wayne was the original Earth uh, 2, what became the Earth 2, uh, daughter of Batman, Batman and Catwoman. Yep. Uh, she was the Huntress of, of Earth 2. When they, her birds of prey. When they reintroduced Huntress, it was Helena Bertinelli, and she had no relation to the... Was she a cousin? No, she has no relation to the oh, okay. Waynes. Gotcha. Um, Kate Kane does. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of Batwoman. Yeah, Batwoman. Yeah. Um, so the Huntress no longer had any connection to the Waynes uh, or Batman outside of, outside of the birds of prey. Uh, so it'd be interesting if there are two Helenas running around. Yeah, in that timeline. I mean, comics are crazy. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Think of a cable. All right. True. So we got some Avengers campus news this week. That's close for <laughs> close campus. Uh, Disney had had released before they shut down, mind you. Disney released that Avengers campus will be opening on July 18th. This is their major 
um, Avengers theme park extension to California Adventure. Uh, the the next two parks, I don't know where they where they're stationed, but they'll release in 2021 and then 2023. Uh, this one will, is apparently going to have like Downey as Iron Man, Tom Holland as Spider. I saw a picture. It's like it's a lot of them. There's yeah. a whole lot of them. A couple so of Wakandans. They're gonna be oh, really yeah. cool, I think. Um, and yeah, this is, uh, it's notable that this is also going to be the first time that Disney will have a Spider-Man ride, and it'll be yeah. voiced by Tom Holland. That's cool. Yeah, that's a really cool. Immortalized forever. Yeah, uh, that's exciting. Can't I can't wait I, to go when th- it opens. I think I heard from our our friend Sam um, about the about an Ant-Man ride or not an Ant-Man ride. Isn't there an Ant-Man ride in in Tokyo? Or Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Isn't that kind of what the Spider-Man ride? Isn't that what our friend told us? Well, uh, so the the track design seems very similar. Okay. And I'm hoping that they put more into the effort, more effort. of what it, it actually will be. Uh, because the, if you watch... I, I watched it because he told me how bland it was. I haven't been on the ride, but I watched a video, and I don't normally do that, of the Hong Kong ride. And it's really like the most boring version of what you could have made out of is that. It like it's a, like a, is it like a Rise of Skywalker? It's like an Astro Blasters. Oh, okay. Uh, but you're shooting at these little tech things because you get shrunk. Oh, and, it's a shooting game. Yes, oh. and Evangeline Lilly and uh, and Paul Rudd go in there with you, and there are digital displays. Are and they speaking like fighting around Japanese? The, no, they're speaking English. Oh, okay. And then everyone else speaks Mandarin around them. Or Mandarin, yeah. Um, and uh, they they are uh, fighting their way around. Uh, it's just that the set design of all the practicals around those digital displays are just really generic. Gotcha. Really, really nothing interesting. It's a lot of dark and gray and yellow. And um, So is this Spider-Man ride going to be whipping? That's <laughs> supposedly going to be part of it, but I have no idea how. Well, I mean, nothing can beat the 90s Spider-Man ride from Universal Studios, Islands of Adventures. I don't know it. In Orlando. Don't know it. There's a whole Marvel land in Islands of Adventure. which was the second park in Universal Studios in Orlando. Okay. Um, there's a whole Marvel land. It's, got, it's the 90s Marvel. So it's 90s Nick Fury. Is 90s it gone X-Men. now? <laughs> no, it, they are allowed to still have it. Because oh. uh, like the theme park rights are like west of the Mississippi or something. <laughs> okay. I don't remember how. how yeah, yeah. But they are still. I want to see 90s Nick Fury. Is it David Hasselhoff? Is that what his job is now? No, it's the. Remember the animated series? 90s car- cartoons? Yes. Oh, okay. It's Those a, designs. Oh, okay. Those designs. It's really cool, actually. Right. Um, Disneyland used to, uh, not Disneyland. Universal Studios used to have a major Marvel um, presence. Presence. Thank you. Mm. Um, speaking of Marvel, though, Loki has some casting. Richard E. Grant has joined the cast of the Loki TV series. Oh, I love him so much. Me too. I think we're all in agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard E. Grant. Don't know who he's playing. Speculation online is happy to have him. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. He's honestly probably playing just like a dude. Speculation is like he'd be so good at Kang. He'd be so good. Oh my as gosh, Kang. time traveling uh, uh, monster man! I love him. Yeah, he'd be really good as Kang. But he's yeah, Iron Lad. We don't know who he is yet. Um, no. Now this is interesting. So this is from a site called the Illuminati. That's one of those that's uh, that's not always trustworthy. Yeah, it's one I, of those. They're I not would, as bad as like they're not as bad as we got discovered. Yeah, or like uh, MCU Cosmic or whatever. Scott Thomas uh, from In- Infinity Podcast yeah. just tweeted at Warner Brothers and he said, look, I need you to release Birds of Prey on digital right now so that <laughs> everybody who didn't see it in theaters has no excuse and does it in quarantine. Yes. Yeah, I'd say that. That's the highest grossing comic book movie of the year. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, what else? Yeah, That's funny. Um, uh, so that's, that's, why, that's why your joke was going to bomb. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the Illuminati uh, is saying that Mark Ruffalo has officially signed on for She-Hulk. I, I even if they didn't say it, like I, I can't imagine you, it's not going to happen. It's really hard for me 
like except for a Venom situation because yeah. that's like kind of a different company like Marvel making a S.H.I.E.L.D. show without the Hulk yeah. it, it, uh, being represented in some way because like it's essential to that character and you can work around it but it's Marvel so they have the character yeah. like why not you, they don't even need the Hulk they really don't they can just have Bruce Banner yeah I, I agree with that I think that uh, I do want to s- I mentioned the site because I just want take it with a grain of salt we don't if it's happening maybe it hasn't happened yet yeah they're not shooting it yet they're not shooting it yeah. yet um, but yeah so the rumor is that that uh that has happened and I, I i think it'll happen no matter what i do too um real quick so a guy named uh mark bernardin uh he's the fat man on batman with kevin yes. smith uh he's he's working on picard right now the season two actually he's writing that oh, but he also that. as worked... the showrunner no no no. it's just a writer in the writer's room um he also worked on the continental so he worked in the ride room there and he said on his podcast and he's like uh i don't know if i can say this maybe john wick's in it maybe not john wick's in it that means John Wick's in it. That means John Wick's in it. And I'm like, mother effer, yeah! <laughs> so I'm like, that, that's, they're going to start shooting that soon. I'm like, oh my God, that show's happening. I love John Wick. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Did you guys know that Disney Plus was developing a Tron TV series? No. Yes. No. Did they? Nope. So like they were and they now were they were not. Yeah. Oh. I wanted you guys to share my anger. I'm mad. This is when Disney Plus doesn't really know what it, they want its identity to be right now. It's getting a little frustrating. It feels just like kids. Yeah. It's like you can be more than just kids. It just, it really feels like it's just sex. Like they don't want sex. Yeah. They're but scared of it. At any rate, a Tron TV series was in the works from John Ridley. I saw him. I saw Hold on. I'm going to look him up. He's, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. But yeah, a Tron TV series, guys. Like, it would have been live action or Live anime? action is mm. what I'm hearing. That would have been expensive. And they, they were developing it, and, well, you can do it with the new te- with the new stagecraft technology. Oh that's, oh, that's a good point. You can do that so Man- easily with that new technology. Mando? You're right. That stagecraft shit. If you guys haven't know, don't, haven't looked at it, look it up. It's awesome. Um, if you guys watch one of the newest episodes of... Um, uh, uh, like CGI artists react um, corridor digital. Corridor digital. Uh, they did like a whole. They actually did a uh, a test on a small version of it, so you can yeah. see what it looks like up close and personal. It's really cool. It is it's, really cool. It's like it's like they're using video game technology for film now. Um, and it's just it's it's cool. It's the Unreal Engine. Yep. Uh, he wrote Twelve Years. Which makes sense. Life. He wrote Twelve Years of Life. Yeah. It was I only just, a matter of time until those technologies were able to blend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learn from each other. Anyway, so yeah, this guy wrote. 12 Years a Slave. It's an Oscar winning movie. Like that that show could have been cool. Really yeah. bummed about that. Yeah. Um, Scream 5. Scream. Scream 5. Yeah, this is crazy. You mean 5 cream? Mm. I like a 5 <laughs> cream. <laughs> Matt Bettinelli. I want cream five times. <laughs> Matt Bettinelli, Ulpin, and Tyler Gillette are directing the newest installment in the Scream franchise, Scream, potentially titled Scream 5. If you guys don't know who that is, those are the directions of Ready or Not. That's oh I did hear this. This is good news. That that That's is like awesome. perfect casting. Mm-hmm. Ready or not is an incredible movie that came out with Fox Searchlight last year. Sorry, yep. Searchlight Pictures. You got it. Um, but never forget. Never forget. Hashtag never forget. Uh, but these guys are a good pick for that. Yeah, they really are. And I, I'm super stoked for this. I haven't seen. I've only seen the first two screams. They're good. I haven't seen three and four. Uh, three is not good. Right. Four is good. Look, three is like one and two are the best, but it's not like three and four are not enjoyable yeah three is not as good it's it's definitely feels more product of its time with what was happening in horror movies at that time i definitely like and it because it's the most meta because it's like it's, they're filming they're filming meta. a movie about what happened about the movie that they're in <laughs> uh, a lot of people just really hate 
where the like ultimate twist of the third one comes from and i totally understand it it's it's kind of bullshit yeah. but i still enjoy it overall four is superior I, yeah. uh the meta complexes brought to that one are, are much better i am curious because i don't believe they've said if this is truly like going to still involve nev campbell yeah uh, they David haven't Arquette said or so Courtney Cox. All we know is all we know is that the movie will follow a woman who returns home to try and find out who has been committing a series of, victor- of vicious crimes. That's all. If we we're know. calling it Scream Five, then I feel like they would call it Scream if they're rebooting it. But that's that's what I'm saying. But they that's, could change it to Scream. Oh, they could. Right. That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Is like I'm I'm at a point where I'm almost more on board with a reboot because Wes Craven will no longer be attached. Exactly. Uh, Is this the first time Wes Craven won't direct one? He directed three and four, right? uh, I don't know off the top of my head if he directed them, but uh, he was always involved. I'm pretty Um, sure he didn't do three. Yeah. I I don't think he did three. Um, I don't think he did four either, to be honest, but he was directly involved in like the scripting process. Uh, He he was very hands-on with every scream entry yeah. it did not happen without west craven scream 3 was directed by west craven okay, wow we poor wes uh so he he did one through three cool. then at least uh, did he do four is that in fact i'm looking true? it up right now i don't remember yeah he's director of four. yes so Hot he dog. so west craven did do all four cool. and they had the same screenwriter for all four um i'd have to go back and check i'm sorry uh, it's, yeah. it's fine uh uh his name escapes me but it's fine um so kevin williams if you're if you're going yeah. to reboot right now is the time um because I I feel a little weird about you bringing back all those legacy characters. We're gonna call them legacy characters. Kevin uh, Williamson uh, directed is involved as a producer in Scream Five. That's great. I still don't know that without Wes Craven, I want Sydney and 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 that, honestly and honestly, having seen all four films, I don't know if you need it. Uh, the only thing that I think is necessary about it is the fact that, like, you, you know, this could just be the first film where, like, all of those events could have happened. That's what I want. But but this can be somebody trying to be a ghost face to a new victim. That's, it, that's they what I don't want. need to be going after Sydney. They've done it three times since the original time. So really quickly, this didn't take me long. Uh, Scream one, two, and four are written by Kevin Williamson. He did not direct. He did not write three. Thank you. Um, and he uh, he is currently credited as a writer on Scream Five. Not this is why producer. this is why four is better than mm-hmm. three. Um, so I'll put it this way: like without Wes Craven's uh, direct involvement, and personally the way that Scream Four itself Ends? went, uh, I would rather not have those characters brought back. I think, but instead have the events have existed. Just All have of those films have, have mattered yeah. because they are famous films now. Yeah. The Stab series Stab. in the Scream universe has been created. That's why Sydney is a celebrity. People know intimately the details of this incident. That's why people keep coming back after her. Courtney Cox trying wrote a book to about recreate it. the murder of it. And Courtney Cox's character wrote more than one book mm-hmm. about it. Um, and then Nev- Sydney's character herself writes a book about it oh, in the fourth in film. Oh, four, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, about her own experience. So, like, I'd rather that those events be true to the world, but we don't need those characters in it. Especially because David Arquette and Courtney Cox are now divorced. I don't know how much that that, that relationship would play as well if they were trying had to be forced to be on screen together and be still be that relationship. Uh, and I think if you were to include even just a cameo or just involve like wanting to get the new details because that's who she is, Courtney Cox character is the only one I think I'd want back because that she's always chasing the story she's related a reporter to lady, that. Yeah, to that murder, she's always interested in that. But honestly, if you just left them all off the board, I'd be okay. You with know what it. you do? Here's here's what you do for me. You no here. Okay, I don't think you'd like it, but I'd like it. Uh, you killed Neff Campbell in the first scene. Like she's the famous lady that you kill in the first scene because of the way that uh, the fourth film went. 
I think that that would just be too much. Yeah. If the fourth film hadn't done its own version of like spoilers for Scream Four to an extent, yeah. guys, there's a whole big fake out about killing Sydney. Yeah. And if they hadn't done a big fake out moment, I'd agree with you. But because I feel or like Courtney that, Cox, then How about I that? feel like that undercuts. Sure. Uh, but I that would be a good one, I think. But I think it undercuts. Uh, the whole thing of Scream 4. Also, I think that because of how connected those characters are, you create a hard argument for why aren't the remaining survivors involved. Oh, uh, that makes sense. If one of them gets killed. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, you almost just have to leave it alone. And I think we're at a point where we can. Like, you can be inspired by those events having existed in the world. They've happened four times with that killer and now want to create a new story, an entirely new victim story, but with the image of Ghostface. Yeah. Heck yeah, I'm into it. Sorry, I'm really passionate about the Scream film. No, I so love that, it. That mattered to me. I love that. Um, I, I, I do think we can leave the legacy characters behind without Wes Craven. Yeah. But I think there's still great Scream stories to tell. Reference the books. Yeah. All right. <gasps> trailers. Going to the trailer park? T-Talk. Yeah. Let's do Ghost of Tsushima. This is a, a video game. Yes, this is uh, uh, Sucker Punch. They'd made... Want to uh, play this so bad. They made the Infamous games and Infamous Second Son. Those are uh, uh, originally made superhero games with really cool powers and fun stories where you can be good or evil. Uh, samurai game, guys. Yeah, this looks really cool. You can have a black and white mode, I believe. I've, uh, which I might play in black and white. I've been looking forward to this since I first saw it in uh, uh, at E3 like two years ago, I think? Two or three. It got delayed like a long time. Yeah, because... It, they... it's supposed to come out like last year. Yeah, I'm just trying to. Yeah, this is the. This what is was the this announced? When this was announced at E3, there were two major Japanese well, games. One of them's out, and one of them's out. Yeah. Uh, was it was it Sekiro or I, was it? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember if it was Sekiro Shadow Dies Twice, Shadows Die Twice, or if it was uh, Neo? Neo. No, because Neo. No, no, came out before. I think uh, it was Sekiro. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I think Sekiro was, and so Sekiro came out. That came out uh, last year. Last year. One um, game of the year at the video. But they were both like everyone was talking like, yo, both those games look crazy. Um and Sekiro yeah, I'm, was more, I'm very into Ghost of Tsushima. Sekiro is made by the Dark Souls guys and that's it's, uh, it's Bloodborne with ninjas. They're more fantasy. Yeah. That was that film was that, that game is more fantasy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ghost yeah this is very realistic. This is very uh uh, Mongol invasion. People who watched a lot of Kurosawa films yes. making this, obviously. Yeah. And uh, in a good way. Um it's a big open world game. I'm very excited for it. Oh yeah. yeah very excited for that one. Samurai's Let's do Altered Carbon Resleeved. Yeah. This is the first of the Netflix animes that were announced when they announced Pacific Rim and... Um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Those have not shown their faces yet. Altered Carbon has. This is Altered Carbon Resleeved. What do you think about this one? Uh, it makes me more excited to watch the original show because apparently it's right up my alley and I haven't watched it. None yeah, of us have watched I'm, it. I'm interested in the story. I have a problem with the style of animation and it's it's faces. Yeah. I, I don't like that this uh, style really limits facial expression. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I it, I have a hard time connecting with the characters because of how just bland. They're not emotive. Their, their faces They're are. like the Lion King. Uh, the... This is the exact same kind of style that uh, another anime Jojo uses, but it uses it only for its intro. And for an intro, it works. Uh, but for like an entire thing, uh, I have, a, and, and the thing is like, I like the rest of it. Like all the background stuff, the designs on like clothing and tattoos, which we see a lot of and, and the tech stuff, uh, all the tech stuff, all the city stuff, the landscapes all look really good in this animation. Like something I can watch, but it, I have a really hard time with the character faces. This is, this is something that goes back to like when we talked about the Godzilla anime trilogy. hundred percent. It's that same kind I, of problem. I miss overexpressive anime. Like I, I really like anime when it's overly expressive. When you get something, you miss animes with a budget. <clears throat> oh. That's that's um, the unfortunate reality. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, you would really enjoy keep your hands off of Izuken. I'm sure. But what I was trying to say, super expressive. What I was trying to say is that 
uh, one of my biggest issues with with any animation in this style is how stiff it is because they're not doing crazy motions not constantly moving like you often see in cartoons yeah. uh, in western cartoons and even eastern anime what we used to see in, in eastern anime um so those godzilla movies really falter because of they're how so, stiff everything so stiff. oh my gosh everything looks and their expressions are meant to be as if they are real expressions whereas you go to anime to see like oh? really big eyes and people like bouncing around walls yeah. and shit exaggerated now that now that being said this is the first thing that i've ever seen in this animation style where i've looks gone like borderlands dog where i've gone i can maybe watch this just because the thing itself looks interesting enough the story looks interesting enough but if like if you don't have an interesting enough th- story going on the characters aren't selling it for me so i kind of check out yeah the regular people look like whatever but there's like some cyborg samurais I that agree. look hella cool yes that design looks really oh, yeah. great this is this is a really good style for things that are related to like mechs where it's more important to see like tactile uh armor and it's important to see like good landscapes that's where this animation shines yeah but when you get into character models it doesn't work i agree uh and this is true across regular anime where they decide to do some 3d modeling sometimes because they mix 2d and 3d technology and when it happens they usually try to use it for things like mech operations and things like that because they know where the strengths are yeah mechs are stiff they walk like like most mechs are kind of stiffy so like that makes sense yeah yeah Yeah. just anyway um not for resale not for so this resale. is an this is a documentary, uh, which is unfortunate that Ben's not here. We should talk. We, he would talk about a little bit more about this, but this is about every goddamn time. Those rat <laughs> bastards. <laughs> um, but bloody hell. Yeah. Um, he he does say that a lot. Yeah. So not for resale is basically like you know how did the physical game industry react when everything went to digital and yeah. kind of like what what um, what current uh, physical retail spaces are doing to yes. keep this, relevant. Uh, and and a very direct acknowledgement of secondhand market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in in like a positive way of like you know it's it's important to like be able to share games. Yeah, uh, and like, like arcade gaming, staying open and stuff. Recognizing yeah. that video games sometimes more than film can be a singular experience yeah. of you do it once but you'll never ever touch it again. But that doesn't mean that it can't can't be passed along and shared with someone else. Yeah. Uh, because that doesn't directly affect the market value of the game from when it was sold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that's really cool that they're taking that on. Um, we have another documentary thing about video games on here, and I just think that like there was a the the production value on just like clearly the thought of how to frame people, literally frame people, and like uh, the conversation felt like it was really really well thought out to be uh, educational but entertaining at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I there's a really passion to it that I feel oozing off of it that I don't feel the same passion oozing out of the other documentary that we're going to talk about. Uh, I forgot the insert coin. That's yeah. what it's called. Um, uh, but but not for resale looks very fascinating to me. Yeah, I, I always like it when we're looking at things like these stores. I was wondering if there was one for comic books. I think that'd be a really interesting documentary to look at like comic book uh, retail spaces now that things are going digital. I bet at least one exists somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Yeah. Um, the other one is insert coin, which is the midway documentary. Heck yeah! About uh, the original creators of Mortal Kombat. The m- <laughs> they just they're like they were like the punk video game developers like like the dead Kennedys and I'm like that's a, I guess a funny way of looking at it but yeah midway like in the 90s like they were just making their own games whatever they wanted and like yes. it's it's funny to look back at it now because I'd never really thought about that like it's actually a really big deal yes like they weren't just making licensed things they were just like we want to make a game where people kill each other let's just do it and see if it's successful and it is yeah. and a, a lot of uh, more freedom of expression in yeah. the terms of what you could do graphically. 
uh, a lot of genre and the games, way that, like styles. That, 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 all the information is very fascinating. Like I said, like just the, the display value feels in a way outdated of what the modern documentary it feels kind of like, shows like you. generically made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, without like the, the intent to like make it uh, uh, feel like you're being brought into this uh, world. Yeah. And it's, it's an, it was interesting to me because we don't normally get this when we get two trailers about such similar topics. But I'm like, I'm way more just like sucked into the narrative of not for resale yeah. and uh, yeah. insert coin even though i find the the basic information of what insert coins about interesting it's also like mid the, the story of midway is so specific whereas not for resale is literally an entire entertainment industry mm-hmm. so and very think, topical and very moment. topical so i think there's a lot more to reach for than just hey here's what happened to midway in the 90s for sure yeah, yeah. i think that's true um let's do mortal kombat legends nope let's do too 50, late you let's already do said 50 it. states of no fight. you're right let's do mortal kombat legends because we're coming right out of uh games Oh, you're right. Midway, middle of the realm. Mortal Kombat Legends: Scorpion's Revenge. I was already sold on this, but uh, seeing this Red Band trailer and like, oh, not only is it actually su- actually super violent, they're doing stuff from the games like doing X-ray moves and doing fatalities. Where I'm like, this looks cool. Those fatalities look real cool. They look sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah this looks awesome. This yeah. looks really fun. The, uh, uh, the voice cast seems like uh, like pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, this is gives us this gives us more on. Of the sense of this is less of a Mortal Kombat game and more of a Scorpion game. It's like it's retelling Mortal Kombat through the eyes of Scorpion. Yeah, yeah. which I think is kind of an interesting way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that how... opening was. Correct me if I'm wrong. It that has that been shown in a game? In a game, um, or has it just been talked about? No. So okay. So you know how um, not the newer Mortal Kombat games with like ten hour stories, but you can play the arcade and you get like a character ending. Yeah. That stuff like has appeared before. So like okay. the stuff with him and his daughter and like all that stuff. It's like okay. It's like Kratos. It's knowledge that you know. Right. If you. I, I know. mean, I knew we knew it. Yeah. Because I know it's talked about. You haven't seen it in a but game. But I haven't you've seen it. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Trying to see if I saw it in a game. Oh no, I saw it in the Mortal Kombat Legacy web web show. Oh, uh, they do this story, the live action one. Yeah, yeah. They do the story when they introduce Quan Chi. There you go. Oh, Quan Chi's cool. Uh, yeah, I like Quan I like Chi. I like the animation style a lot. I will say that uh, it made me for some reason this time. I sat there and I went. What if Tartakovsky did this? I said that. No, that's Shit. what I said. I yeah, said yeah. that the first Shit. time I saw this trailer. I said this was like Gendy's action. Do you know what right? I need to do? I need yeah. to watch Primal. <laughs> Because yeah. I think that would be like a really oh, yeah. good indicator. Final supposed to be really good. Yeah. On, I think it's on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's also still just available on Adult Swim. That'd be cool. I don't have it also. I forgot it even came out. Yeah, we gotta do that. Um, quarantine. Quarantine. <laughs> Fifty States of Fright. This was a 30 second trailer that just had spooky images. I thought, in we, it. I thought we agreed we just <laughs> wouldn't talk about it. It's too late. It's Quibi. It's Quibi. Listen, Quibi is a new streaming service because no, we don't have enough. Where all the episodes are 10 minutes long for little bite sized chunks. Ha ha ha! I don't want it. No, this sucks. Uh, I don't need Sam Raimi. Some cool stuff. Though. Yeah, some I'm sure cool there's images. gonna be fun little short stories. But look, they've got they've got enough talent going over there that I'm like, look, these sound like cool things I would check out, but I'm not gonna pay that amount of money for that little content. Yeah, that's like it's it's like the I way can't. and and there's not even a guarantee I'll like the content. It's the way yeah. anime like cartoon animated shows like SpongeBob or Adventure Time they make like little like two ten minute episodes. And I'm like, I I don't want to watch regular shows. That's like the that. way that cartoons are b- d- designed. But yeah. I don't. I don't. That's not how I want to watch regular TV. I don't want to watch right. Game of Thrones ten minutes at a time. That yeah, seems shitty. That's awful. <laughs> ten minutes or less. That seems awful. That's important. I got YouTube for because that. that means like some episodes they might just go. Eh, this one's just. Six. That's literally the point of YouTube. <laughs> no, thank you. Vi- uh, Vine. Yeah, these Vine. all these all feel like things that should be on like YouTube Premium or something. Yeah. In which case, I would I would at least understand it more. Things that went along the roster of the uh, Karate Kid show. Yeah. Yes. Uh, apparently, really good. That's Cobra what Kai. I hear, but I still won't Cobra pay for Kai. it. Uh, I think it's free, actually. It is now. free currently, but with ads. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's free. The third day. Season two also? 
I don't know if season I don't, two I think is. season two is still behind the paywall. Yeah. Uh, the Third Day. This is Jude Law's new HBO TV series. Um, you should have said HBO Midsummer. <laughs> I liked I liked how you pointed out the black woman's the the woman in black stuff, and yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't know why he's saying that. And then I saw it. I'm like, oh, the I road. know why he's saying that. The road. Yeah. I haven't. I saw that's that exactly once. what it's like. Yeah. So the the whole story is you know like he gets literally trapped at the house. Yeah. Same reason. Like the marsh becomes something he can't cross. That's some good imagery. Uh, for it's a point same, in time. It's, I think it's, it's a, a, they film the same. I location. think it's in the same location too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it. Uh, this is like you, I, you were like I'm not sure if this is in your wheelhouse. I'm like it's definitely in my wheelhouse. I forgot what the, no, I it's, forgot what I watched. It's okay. Um, yeah, it's like Jude Law goes to this town. He's investigating something, and then like the one road he can get out of, it floods over, so he's trapped. And then there's maybe some weird cultish stuff going on. Yeah. Looks man. looks uh, looks awesome. So this is so this is going to be uh, I don't I don't remember it's three or six episodes, but there's gonna be like a summer section and then the winter section. So the summer section will be Jude Law and how they're going to this town whatever happens to him and then Naomi Harris will be in the in the winter episodes and then she'll come into the town and investigate some stuff maybe I'm, what happened to Jude Law I'm so. very curious to see like because this is this is definitely going to be like intertwining stories and stuff from the first episode and the yeah. second episode blah 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 and like uh, the production value is like strong and it has like the eye of like eeriness yeah. and like oh I, this is going to be tense and this is what I'm looking for yeah, yeah. So that looks interesting to be on the lookout for that let's do something else Jungle Cruise I love the mummy I love Indiana Jones. I love those things. What if we put it in water with the rock? You forgot parts of the Caribbean. Uh, what if you put the rock in dreads? <laughs> and the Mask of Zorro. Oh my God, all the movies, sorts. I miss adventure movies. Yeah, this looks like, yeah, it looks like all those movies we named. looks like a fun adventure movie. Yeah. And those actors are going to have a great chemistry. Yeah, I yes. think so. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to there's it. The, uh, there's the, the, the musical cue in this trailer. It got me kind of excited about the music if that's the score yeah it's, it yeah, yeah. Cool. that's really cool they, they it cannot be worse than dead men tell no tales because at the bare minimum dwayne johnson and emily blunt are putting an effort yeah <laughs> <laughs> true i know <laughs> at the bare minimum and yet there's other things that still make it more appealing but yeah uh, yeah this has got the similar plot to uh on stranger tides past the caribbean four sort of they're going after the tree of life Hey man, it's a popular. No, tree. that's not on Stranger Tides though. They were after the Fountain of Youth. That's well, the same thing, sort of. Yeah, whatever. The it's going to play out differently. Yeah. I know. In Darren Aronofsky's The Fountain, there's a tree there. So that's what a weird that's movie. Correct. Who knows what's real and what's not? <laughs> it's based off a comic book club someday. Really? Mm. All right. Uh, so yeah, this looks exciting. I hope it's good. Um, When's it come out? Ju- soon? July? We don't know anymore. Oh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's true, right? <laughs> who knows what the world's going to be? It's like. July something. Okay. But we'll see. Uh, Oh, uh, Red Notice, his new movie filming with Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds. That Stop filming. is, yeah, I actually just read that when we were looking at yeah. the news. Um, uh, do okay, uh, A or B, B, Soul. Oh, Pixar. Uh, all right, Soul. This is the new Pixar film. Hi, I'm a Fox. I, you, you know that we talked about the trailers for like Onward. Then it really gave me the Pixar excitement that I had uh, initially. Yeah. Um, this did. Yeah. Holy crap! Did this get me excited i'm so stoked for this film uh this is one of my most anticipated now yeah i can definitely see like what the like what the crux of the story is gonna be like oh you need to appreciate life even though this one's gonna make me cry yeah Uh, it's funny enough this has a similar vibe to the movie i watched tuesdays with maury which is about an elderly person dying like explaining how life's important you should live it and stuff yeah and i'm like oh you're gonna make me cry again aren't you Uh, i'll tell you i'll tell you that a concept of uh of it that i'm really interested in that i know coming from d23 is that there's that moment in the trailer where he's standing over there and it's like what is this place and it's like oh it's where all them you know form their personalities and and and, you know then they go to earth well the concept is that their life is in some ways predetermined yeah Mm -hmm. before they go to earth and it's like all these things are going to happen to them and he's wondering 
why was I always set up for failure? Oh, oh. that's oh, that's even deeper than I thought. Yeah. Okay. Tina Fey is the why why do I feel like my life was was played against me? Yeah. yeah. Tina Fey is the second voice actor in this. She yes. Is that like a like she's a newborn gonna be a newborn she's, baby? Basically? No, no, no. She's been there for centuries. Oh, and she and never refuses got shows. to go to Earth. Oh, oh got she it. has chosen she doesn't want to. Got it. She's decided it's not worth it. It's true. Oh, and then he's gonna realize like, oh maybe. And he's this other character who's coming back saying my it. life was yeah. what trying to find this answer of like and they're both why why was it. my life like a failure at all times. And the one time I have a success, I die. And then you know what? It's going to be like on where he's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to look at my life and look at all my successes. The animation, the animation is stunning. Yes. Some really cool stuff with animation in this. Um, Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. It looks really good. I'm I'm really stoked. It's, it's, it's made by like the guys who made like the two, maybe the two saddest ones inside out and, and Coco. I'm like, Man, you guys are setting me up to cry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. setting us up to fail. <laughs> yeah, this one, uh, this one, this is the one where uh, at D twenty three came out and he's like, yeah. So uh, everybody's kind of heard that we were making, uh, like, we were bantering about this for a bit, and it's like it's going to be a movie that's going to explore like what it means to be alive and why we're all here and all this existential stuff. And everyone's like, who would make a movie about that? <laughs> well, so it's called Soul. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good. Uh, I remember what I was going to say. So there's there's this, there's a couple of kids behind us when we go see um, the way back, I believe. Uh, and, oh no, onward. We go see onward. Like, man, and kids s- watching the way back. Yeah. And souls came up, and then like you know he dies. It's the first trailer, so he dies. Uh, so there were a couple of kids who uh, got it. Yeah. Who like start to like realize what had just happened, and their parents are like, oh. I mean, well, they're gonna have to. A lot of parents take their kids, whether they're too young or too old, to see Pixar movies. Yeah. So they're gonna have to learn about death real it's fast. It's just really funny to me that it's just like, not death. Yeah. Let's talk about death, kids. Yeah. Oh man, anyway. I love the design of the abstract beings. Me, yeah, too. It's like holy what is shit. <laughs> I love Richard Iwate. Yes, is is one of them, right? I don't remember. Is that the IT crowd guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, um, got a yes, got a voice like this. Black Widow. Hey guys, guess what? I know I'm a Marvel guy, but I think this trailer really sold me on the movie. This one really <laughs> sold me on the movie, yeah. And also, if this is the score for the movie, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I hope so. I, I hope so. I hope this. I saw. Let's let's talk about the rumor you and I saw on Twitter. Yeah. Oh God. Not. Yeah. This is so silly. This is so stupid. This is Did like you see this. Not the Taskmaster one. This is a different one. So this is. So there's a cut on on Florence Pugh's. No, head. It, sorry, it's it's like a marker outline. It's a marker outline. It's a marker outline. So on people her face. are saying that the character who died. In Endgame, was actually y- was Yelena. Actually, Yelena. So Florence Pugh, and Scarlett Johansson is now because there is a there is a there is a uh, volume in one of the comics where they trade faces, they trade identities basically. They do a face off, and I made a tweet saying if Black Widow is Marvel's face off, it's an immediate ten out of ten, because <laughs> that is the stupidest thing they can do, and that would ruin. I know people don't even like uh, Natasha's sacrifice in Endgame. That would ruin e- that would ruin the sacrifice that she was giving if that was Florence Pugh yeah. because yeah. Clint doesn't have an actual attachment to that character <clears throat> and the Red Skull would know you're not Natasha you're obviously this fake lady yeah. so this rumor cannot be true it's just really funny yeah it's, a, it's absolutely <laughs> in every way impossible it's like also once everything has happened why would you spend the next five years still pretending to be Natasha exactly yeah. it's just it, people put the side by side of like so, oh it's ac- oh this oh what that's the most like desperate grasping at straws bullshit yeah. I've ever it's heard just, it's really funny I think what is most like because a lot of people are talking about like you know it. This film undermines whatever. I don't care. Yeah. But uh, 
this film is necessary if we're introducing Florence Pugh as the next Black Widow. Yeah, if she's going to still be alive to show up in other movies, yes. Then I think that this, this is what this film is. It is to usher in the next Black it's, Widow. It's, what's it called? A uh, Like a backdoor pilot? Yeah. A it's like bit. one of those. Yeah, yeah I, I like it for that, for sure. Um, I, I think it's a shame that like I'm very happy we're getting the movie and everything. I think it's a shame that there are things that could be done with Black Widow as a character that could have fundamentally like provided not not like in hindsight, which is what we're gonna have, like now that we see it, oh we go back to Infinity War and Endgame and you can like connect these branches. But those branches didn't exist. Like they weren't planning it when they were making Infinity War, when they were making Endgame. Yeah. And these things that could have helped define who she was before her final moments, because we don't get to, you know, she's dead now. We don't get another movie past this, where some of this can be reincorporated to help fulfill her and round her out as a character. And I think that part sucks. Uh, 100% it sucks. Blame Mike Perlmutter. Yeah. I do. Unless. I always do. Unless Florence Pugh is actually... No, God no. And then, she's not. And then the post credit scene is is, is, is uh Yelena walking around and she rips off her face and, and there's the, just muscle. And, and it's just muscle and she's like, Maybe she's born with it <laughs> <laughs> And it's a Scarlett Johansson Maybelline ad. Psych <laughs> gotcha. Goodness. Man. Um I think the action looks great. I'm a big fan yeah. of Taskmaster. I've slowly started to it's like I, it's like the seven stages of like denial and grief. Like I don't like the design of Taskmaster. Okay, he's growing on me. Then I saw him do Spider-Man Black Panther combo move. I'm like, I love this guy. <laughs> this guy's so cool. <laughs> he's they've sold me on Taskmaster purely on just his action beats. I the look whatever. Yeah, but his action beats are solid. also it's like it's not a big deal to anyone who doesn't know. But like he has a sword in this movie, and that he always carries around a sword. I'm like, he's gonna fight with a sword. That's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think he looks radical, and the fact that like. He is like the main bad guy of the movie. Like this trailer is like he's taking control of the red room and he's gonna brainwash all these black widows. I'm like, oh, he's heavily featured. Thank God. Yeah. I'm glad he's not just like um, uh, Betrock the Leaper in Winter Soldier. There was kind of this idea of like, is he like the second hand? Is he just like the henchman gonna be in there? Yeah, he's the main bad. That's awesome because yeah. Taskmaster. Uh, I made him a book club like a year ago. Like he's an awesome side character. Yeah, this one, this one, this is the one that sold me on this movie. Boy. I was always gonna see it. Yeah, of course. Well, this is the one that's uh, did did get joining Incredible Hulk ever pay off for William Hurt? Yeah, right. Hell yeah. Still getting that money from appearing in this MC universe. Seriously, over a decade later. Awesome. It was it even yeah. the same same company that did it? I know. Right. I know. What an investment on his part. <laughs> yeah. Like this really worked out for him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we get into our new our, our review? Oh my goodness. All right, guys. This is our review of Bloodshot. Thanks for coming. More like blood shit. What? This is it wasn't Venom. We're no, it's was not. The, I'm kidding. This was the first Valiant comics. The last Valiant comics. <laughs> Guys, I think it's really cool that in this really tumultuous time, we get to go see this movie that was made in 2002. This oh. this better not be the last movie I see in theaters. <laughs> I'll kill you all. <laughs> uh, I I did a great tweet of like with the coronavirus like uh, uh wiping out people going into theaters. Uh, uh, Bloodshot has an un like it, it could be undefeated. It's gonna make 150 billion dollars worldwide. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is Bloodshot. This is full spoilers for the Valiant Entertainment, uh, Valiant Comics movie. If you guys don't know, it is based off a comic book called Bloodshot, and Valiant Entertainment's been going on since the '90s. It and is not, in fact, a Valiant effort. And as Sparks said, of the two comic book films that have come out in 2002, <laughs> yeah. you don't remember what came out in 2002. Don't say this. No, <laughs> you can't do the bit. He was gonna say. He was gonna say of the mo- the two comic book. 
movies that have come out in this decade, this was my favorite. But he was thinking of referencing 2002. Guys. And I'm like, it's 2020. Guys, I got bad news for you. Oh, damn. Uh, this movie is not better than Blade 2 or Spider-Man. <laughs> 2002 is a way no, better. No, for sure. So. <laughs> what, what I'm talking about, like, between Venom and It looks and like Bloodshot, it was made in that time. Those two movies, these two movies feel like a, a relic from And honestly, era. in some way, Morbius looks like that too. Just a better one of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This might just be Sony's aesthetic. <laughs> True. Is this a Sony movie? Yes. yes. Oh, that makes. Oh, that makes. So sense. this is Bloodshot. Uh, might be the first. Might be the first and last of the Valiant Cinematic Universe. But also remember, Bloodshot uh, is owned by a different companies. So like this would be wouldn't even be part of the other Valiant Universe right, that would be Paramount made. is making. Yeah. It so like Ninjak, right? Like yeah. And the funny, I was talking to Sparks in the car. Like uh, to me at least, I think Bloodshot is the least interesting of the Valiant characters. So it's funny that he's separate and he got his movie out of the way. So like if they do do a Valiant Universe. He can just come later. He's he's whatever. He's a dude with a gun. So full spoilers. Um, yeah. What do we think about this one? Sparks, you go first. Um, I I liked it fine. Um, there was nothing that really stood out to me as, as very good. I could feel Vin Diesel trying to put some effort into some scenes, and I'm like, nice, nice yeah, man. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing some like emotional range, and and you're you're making an effort. And uh, oh, his name's escaping me. The bad guy, Guy Pierce. Pierce. Good, thank you, Guy Pierce. Uh, Guy Pierce delivers well enough, but to be honest, I I found him a little lacking. Uh, He's doing a not he, as good man. I thought I thought he could have done more, um, specifically in uh. Well, we'll get into it. Um, I appreciate that diversity of the cast yeah. and some of the action sequences are good, and that soundtrack is bomb. But otherwise, it's okay. Did you guys like the uh, penis joke? Oh, you mean the multiple oh, penis no, jokes? I didn't. Not at all. In fact, I audibly said, are you kidding me? Speaking of 2002. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely six inches it. of suck that I would not put my mouth around. Yeah. There you go. That's the joke. Somebody say that? In the yeah. No. Oh, no. no. Well, they mentioned That's something what I'm about... saying about it. Oh. <laughs> well, there is like a six inch thing. Of, oh, no, no, there's a six inch joke. Multiple. We'll get into it. We'll yeah. get into it. Ryan, what do you think? I think this is a like the the uh, if there's a bar it's half a millimeter above the bar of passing for me boy <laughs> like it is like i probably will never watch this again maybe in 10 years if on my in my uh 20 30 television if it's on the internet i'll maybe watch it if i'm drunk but i'm never gonna yeah, watch that's it. the thing is you don't have the like uh oh i'm channel surfing exactly and it'll be, right? like i don't know that i'll ever yeah, yeah so like i will never actively put it on myself um, but for the $4 that I spent, I enjoyed myself enough to warrant the one watch. <laughs> Let's right. say yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I had a good time watching it. Can't yeah. say I ever want to do it again. Yeah, I think the action is good. I think the I think it's pretty you said it very well Sparks like it's a movie that's like trying to be meta by like playing with tropes but it doesn't escape the tropes it's still being tropey. It's still it's still saying like we're aware these are tropes but it's lazily saying that because we said that that means we can just do it. Yeah and you don't like you don't They're not uh, trying to subvert it yes. or be cheeky with it or yeah. do any of that. Yeah. Uh, you pointed out who the director was, and I'm like, this suddenly makes it's sense. It's the guy who worked on uh, Kick-Ass 2 and Fantasy uh, and Island. Fantasy Island and Truth or Dare. Right, the, the director, writer. The writer, sorry. The writer, sorry. sorry. Uh, writer. Truth sorry. or Dare, Fantasy Island. Kick-Ass um, 2. Also, but it was written by two people. It's also written by the guy who did... Um, Crafts. Why do I do this? You got it. I got this. Hold on. Yeah. Arrival. The writer of Arrival is, is one Denny of the Denny also wrote that movie, I think. So that's like, this guy comes in and... Okay, interesting. That's so interesting. That's just yeah. somebody writing coattails. And then, <laughs> yeah. um, so the guy who wrote Arrival and the guy who wrote Fantasy Island. So, uh, and the director is a first-time director. Oh, okay. So this is his first movie. He is a he used to be a visual effects supervisor. Oh, that's, on that's things right. like Avengers Endgame, not Endgame, Age of Ultron. Got it. It's the last Avengers movie. So, 
Uh, that's where he's from. So I'll, I'll say probably about 20 minutes into this movie, I was really bored. Yeah. I'm like, please just get to the part where this is not this. Yeah, uh, it's doing like the whole like this is my all life. the this is my oh no my wife it, because I saw the trailer I get the gimmick I know where we're going and I'm like can we get there quicker yeah uh, it, uh, if we have to sit through this this like rehash of every kind of generic and like they have the guy make the joke and it's like you've seen too many movies and that's why this scenario is like yeah. the guy dancing the psycho killer are you kidding me and it's like great cool you acknowledged it that doesn't mean that you should play it for serious yeah then you know i understand that like for the audiences that didn't see the trailer that don't know the gimmick of what is about to happen you want to like keep it in suspense but you can ham this up you could play up the tropes Mm -hmm. make it entertaining to watch because you're correct we have seen this way too many times yeah uh just that first like block until uh until the moment where he's shut down by dalton which I think is the wrong moment to drop the facade. Up to that point, they're having KT kind of play with it a bit, but they're not being She's out like, and she out about like it. it. Yeah, no. which I appreciate that. But here's where I put it on Guy Pierce. Harding, the moment that he's calling him and saying, where are you going? Am I on with him? Where are you going? He's playing a script he's done so many times. Yeah. Play that part up. That's the moment when the facade should drop. Almost like Frieza, to the audience, Frieza, right? To the yeah. audience, the facade should drop there, mm-hmm. not be played like it's still that serious tone of the movie. But they don't drop it till Dalton. Yeah, and I think that's a huge like halfway mistake. through the movie. They almost. keep trying to suspend the audience through, and I'm like, no, let us in, let us in on the joke now, right now. Yeah, I didn't yeah, think yeah. of that. Yeah, I I would agree that they play it too straight up. Uh, throughout most of this movie the action sequences are good though i think they're pretty good and i think the effect of of like when he gets shot and like the nanites, i think specifically the nanite effect is really cool i think it's awesome yeah the correct the correct version of executing this because it's an interesting idea is to have everybody kind of agree with what dalton says where he's like man this guy oh my but god have it have it be this like people are like almost laughing they're like are they serious with this yeah. what is this movie and then you get to that point where he's like Guys, this has the exact Where same... Where Guy Pierce is like going through with that energy of like, yep, here I go again doing the script and people ca- catch on. People who don't know catch on and they're like, oh, it's all bull. This has the same plot as Upgrade. Mm-hmm. A guy gets enhanced and then he has to take out the guys who enhanced him. Yep. I'm so like, oh, that movie's so good. Better. better <laughs> yeah. Happier ending. Happier ending, yeah. Uh, in Bloodshot, happier ending? Oh, in this one. Yeah. Got you. I thought you were saying an Upgrade and I was like, I do appreciate... From a certain point of view. I do like that... Um, He's been he's been reliving his life for five years, and his wife has moved on. And I do think that it's like instead of him getting the ha- quote unquote happy ending, like oh he does get the girl, his old girl at the end. And I do like that they didn't make a romance between him and KT. Like they seem like buds, especially at the end. I could have really seen a kiss. Like, I, I, I really appreciated like, that too. Yeah. I really like KT's apparatus. She has to breathe through like awesome. a machine. Yeah, all of the technology stuff except for like the legs guy, because I'm like that's she's also an Alita as an um, evil cyborg lady. So this is her second cyborg. Uh, all that stuff is really cool. Like I, technology wise, the designs and the action, especially uh, Tibbs? Tibbs, the blind Tibbs he's when blind. he get, puts on his helmet and he's on the bike. I'm like, this is the coolest part of this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. you said uh, it's like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very Metal Gear Solid. And I really like it. He has he has my favorite designer. <laughs> like he he was he was blinded, but then he has cameras all over his body that basically give him vi- like 360 vision. And I think that is an awesome idea. And he always he's always looking in like in like a different direction, like he isn't actually like blind, but he right. has all this technology. I'm like, that is such an awesome idea. I don't think they did enough with that guy. I, I see a lot of Dalton. So this is the whole thing is uh like not long after we come out of it, I was talking to Ryan and I'm like uh if I don't know what the what like 
the comic that this is based on, so I don't know how much this is like fighting against or whatever, but I kind of don't care. Dalton is bland and boring. Tibbs as the main antagonist would have been far more interesting because it's this blind villain who is very motivated to defend Harding, to defend this He's idea a because man. it restored his sight. Yeah, that is far more interesting than Dalton. Like I'm he's, a sociopath he's just without a an identity. He's just a dick. Whereas Tibbs, yeah, I think that could have been uh, a real. Uh, they didn't know what to do with Tibbs, and it's so sad. They didn't, <laughs> and it was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mentioned before that I think the the effect for the um for the nanite stuff looked really good. I think there's a there's many times during fight sequences or the extended chase sequence <clears throat> uh, through the through the streets, um, when they switch to CGI people, that doesn't look good. Guys, do you know what the budget for this movie is? How much? Guess. Five million dollars. We're gonna lowball it. No, that's that's lowball. No, it's it's a it's a blockbuster movie. But no, I know, but I could still. It's get forty-five it. million. I was about to say like fifty. So. That's 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 pretty low budget. So like this, the the people effects don't look super great. But uh, this is a pretty low budget movie for what they're trying to do. So it it well, doesn't. If they were gonna go, if they were gonna use that type of money, then they shouldn't have had such a high concept finale. I I. I uh, understand that, but I don't think you should limit uh, your imagination if if it might look a little worse. Well, I'd rather them saying, go big. I'm not saying limit your imagination. I'm saying work around. Yeah. Look at Upgrade. Yeah, you oh, of course. S- you said Upgrade is like $2 million. Yeah. I mean, it's not, but like it's really not, cheap. It's not off. And they, have to, and they had to work around issues. Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> a limited budget should allow you to figure out ways to work around things to make them look better yeah. uh, through uh, ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Using the CGI doubles just makes me feel like Oh, we could so we quickly quickly made the CGI doubles yeah, so we yeah. can have these sequences. Uh, there's there's uh it really stood out to me in the very beginning. Um the very, very beginning when he's going for the hostage bit. Um, but just in general across this film, the way that they do cutting, I could tell that there was just a lot of coverage footage that they're using and not oh, I specifically want you to see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where I specifically there was a lot of coverage footage in this and I'm like it just looks lazy. Yeah. I um, will I, I I will agree with that. I do think that the... Because they do have to recreate a specific scene multiple times with different people. I do think that is kind of inherently part of it, though. Like, because they are supposed to be reliving the same memory with I, various I things. agree. I'm talking more, like, coverage Coverage is a lot of these shots where you're, uh, where you're seeing, like, this angle of him going up the stairs one way. Yeah. But it's a lot of these quick-cut moments, but that would happen more than just... I noticed it in the beginning, and I let it go. Mm-hmm. I started to notice it in scenes going through the RST building and things and they cut to this coverage shot of just like this random person with like the focus character off on the side of the frame and I'm like that didn't feel like is that it just to purpose. add another like oh, right just is... to add another thing yeah. in the cut to put someone somewhere and I'm like that's a lot of sloppy coverage yeah uh, and and I felt that and that sucked um, just to just to yeah. see it what do we think about Wilfred that's the name right Wiggins Wiggins Wiggins, Wiggins. Um, I actually, I really like that actor a lot uh, I thought he's from New Girl. Yeah, I think half of his lines are are kind of bad, and then some of them some of them are okay. I I, I think the character is cool. I think some of the lines are kind of bad. I think he, he's given a good twist when we think that the that the um the fifth guy that Bloodshot's gonna kill is gonna like use the EMP. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that Wiggins uses it, and yes. then that's how that's. that's I like, agree. That's a, I like that moment too. Yeah. Um, uh, I like Wiggins much better than the other uh guy. The techie, the six inch uh, guy, Eric. Eric, yeah. yeah. God, he's written terribly. Um, <clears throat> they even make a joke like you're like the perfect stereotype, and I'm like, why would you make a joke and then make make him a stereotype? Like it doesn't excuse it. It's awful. Right. That's that's exactly yeah. what that script does. Um, 
I, I liked Wiggins fine. Uh, there's just a lot of like nonsense moments um, that, that they'd hand wave away as uh, one of those would be like, I don't understand why Wiggins or uh, Ray are both like, Oh yeah, I'll just go before you've actually reprogrammed the nanites so they can totally reprogram me whenever they get a hold of me. Right. I don't know what the logic was there. Plot. The, the other thing that he said, I can get it done in a day. Wait a day. Yeah. The, the the thing that I didn't quite care for is is towards the end when when he's got all the nanites and he's free and and it's like nanite extraction finished. It's like so does he have less nanites? What's we and, but he's just like still like morphing the whole body. He's like. Is supposed to have less. I'm sorry, I'm trying to understand what I I, see, I know what you mean. So at the very end, when he when the like the RPG goes off and his like, you see his nanites like going from like three percent, two percent, one percent, but right. he still looks a hundred percent. You never feel like oh he's about to die. Oh, I get you. Yeah. Uh, so the movie tells us that he has less nanites, but the, the tells us, but we never see that he has less nanites. He's less. So I, I think it's more. Like I don't think it's that. Thing. I don't think it's that he has less. It's that they're they're they can't do anything anymore. They're depleted. They need recharge. That's what. Oh, it's like it's like a, like a power recharge. cell. So yeah. like they're part of his body, but they go into stasis when they get back on him. I That's the understanding I had, which is why his skin color was turning white. He returns to a normal tone, uh, because it's all just shut down, and that's why he's like, "You're just Ray." No, now. I get that, but when he's in, when he's on the table, the nanites are being extracted from him so that they can put new ones in, and right. they never put new ones in. They just have no, they extracted. did, they did because KT came in and said Wiggins, I, Wiggins got away. That's her whole play because they were extracting him to shut him down for good, and she gets them to put it back into the system. Oh well, the movie I didn't catch that because the movie doesn't I show us doesn't say that they put new nanites. I get in. you, but he said. Uh, he he gives some order. They don't show visually the nanites, the new nanites going in. But he gives the order of like prep him for the simulation, and that's why they start running okay, the simulation with the, Wiggins, and that's when an he gets editing, the nanites back. Then this is an editing problem. I have Correct. Then so because they they like are like okay, we'll take we'll stop the extraction. So they stop the extraction. They're like eighty percent of his nanites are gone. So he's only got twenty percent of his nanites. And then they ne- that's what the screen says. Yeah. And then I'm, they never they never show us that he has put new nanites. I'm in. I'm with you. I'm with you. So like the last information the audience has is that he has twenty percent of the nanites. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, I I understand how that's confusing. That's yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I do like the the. Po- like I'd almost prefer a movie where they let him just be dead um, where he goes up as just himself and he's like that's all I need yeah. I really do like that beat where yeah. he just drops it and they blow up uh, I think that's great I think that's a really good poetic moment because my favorite line that Vin Diesel had and I thought he actually delivered it really well is the moment where he said your best version of me yeah. not mine when he's on the pier and I'm like yeah. man I want to know more about that I want to know more about who you it's, are it's <laughs> almost like yeah. it's almost like this idea because it's so and this is again like I wish that they played into subverting the tropes because the opening is such a military bad John F. military bad and he's here and he's got his lady and he's going on his vacation because he got the bad guy and did it and then you find out that like that's never even the type of soldier he was he had like different passions he was a soldier but like this wasn't his you know that wasn't him that that picturesque movie version of the soldier wasn't him yeah and that would have been cool i think if they had just like full-blown subverted that and you find out that oh there was much more to ray yeah uh and and him having that moment. And so when it is him at the end, he says, now you're just Ray. And he's like, yeah, that's enough. And I'm like, yeah, that's the punch I want. Subvert those tropes. Play against it. It's ridiculous. Write a smarter script. Yeah. 
It feels like they, it's, they, it, and the concept was there. That's yeah. the thing is the concept was there. I like the idea of the psycho killer song as stupid as it is being the trigger. Yeah. I like that being built in. Uh, like it, it is overblown, but that can work if you make everything else about it, like play into the fact that like you've seen this before, but he's not going to get it yet. I will say, um, I, I don't think this this movie has a very like like a very uh, specific style. Like you like oh I know this person directed it, but I do some, think some of the action scenes look pretty good, especially that uh, the convoy scene. Like we see it a lot in the trailers where they, where they throw the red smoke. Yes, and like he's with like the, with the flower. Yeah, with the flower, and I'm like it's one of the first times I've enjoyed slow motion. In a yeah, while. I was like what well, I thought that is I was like is this Zack Snyder because I like this and like Zack Snyder doesn't do this well, and I was like I feel like this guy does because he was a special effects guy. He knows how yeah. to do action very well. Um, but when you just do the dramatic talking, like it's kind of just kind of regular, boring. Mm-hmm. Um, like th- I think this guy will have a a future if he continues to make action movies to make a really really great action movie. Yeah, I'd like to see what this guy does next. Yeah, um, this film debuted three at the in the lowest box office in the twenty twenty one yeah. years. Uh-huh. Wow, that's impressive. Onward and the Hunt above it. Yes, I can't, Yeah, it's such a bummer. <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought it would beat Onward. No, be I, 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 no, but like. Like the virus is going to like this movie is going to bomb hard, and luckily the budget is low. But like, I think it made they like a, not it made back. like a million dollars on Friday. They're not going to make back that budget. No, I way. don't think their marketing was very strong either. But I'm glad they didn't try to postpone. They were smart to just let it go, I agree. let it ride. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just, I just so desperately see what this movie could have been and been really engaging. And they it just, feels like like a ru- almost like a rough cut. Like I, I see potential. There's definitely potential. Yeah, yeah. I've never cared about the Valiant characters. I think I really. I'm not. I'm not I think you should. I'll make it a book club once because, like, when they relaunched a couple years ago, like, uh, it was at a point where both Marvel and DC were kind of not doing it for me. So I went hard in this other universe. I bought like four books, and it's a really fun, concrete own its own thing. Um, again, I think Bloodshot is the weakest of those characters because you have got like Exo Manowar, who is a Viking in Iron Man armor, and you and like Quantum and Woody, who is a comedy duo uh, uh, superhero team. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many cooler choices you could have gone done than just generic oh i'm a super soldier they kind of just occupy the same space like that 90s image does for yeah. me like it, it is their 90s character it could have been shadow man who's like a cool uh voodoo doctor strange character like there are so many cooler options but i can see but what i was trying to say is like i could see the potential of, of making modern day films of these characters much in the same way that i could see modern day films of the pulp heroes like yeah. the phantom or the spider mm-hmm. like yeah. i could see this happening with someone with a vision and yeah. a clear like passion for the character uh, again, and i don't think they did that again like if this had been taken with more of a scream for action films tactic especially like militarized action films if uh, the super soldier film if that had been the attack on it, I think this could have worked. I think if they had let the audience in on things pretty early, given them hints and then made it very clear, hey, guess what? Like by the 20 minute mark, we should be with you yeah. on what you're doing. And then like play into that. Play, uh, I like Harding, play up Harding being like uh, so infatuated with the idea of him having a vendetta. Play up that that notion. Make him stand out as a character for that. Make Tibbs the standout antagonist against him because he's got this like hard on for Harding and for the technology. Tibbs reminds me of Baron Mordo, but like way done done with less. Like he yes. is so like a company man. Like I believe in this so much, and then like oh maybe what I maybe it's not true. Yeah. But we don't get any of that. And then and then don't make Dalton the stereotypical sociopath. He's just so boring. Uh, like, yeah yeah. Evil like just make, to be evil. make those characters more diverse. Play against the tropes and sub those things I say that a lot but that's really what this movie needed and you could have had something really special because I think Vin Diesel 
most of the time actually kind of brings it. Yeah. Uh, and and again, like that one that one line, it really it got me. I was like, dang, look at him putting when, this in. When his that's voice gets good... super gravelly, that's like, oh, he's in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and him just like saying your best version of me, not mine. I'm like, that's the concept. That's the interesting heart of this movie that you should be beating with. Yeah. That's what this should be about. He, Finn Diesel does bring it, I think, as much as he can. Like, I don't think Vin Diesel's, like, a great actor, but there's he there reminds, are things that he's able to do in this film yeah. that I haven't seen him do in a while. And he, that's that's what I mean. It's like, you know, like, look, there's a... <laughs> Vin Diesel might not be, like, one of the greatest actors of our generation or anything, but I can tell when he's putting in effort. You know who and I can feel when he's putting in emotion. And that's a big standout from when I watch someone like Bruce Willis waste away with a uh, potential of an opportunity. But you see what I mean? Like, there's a difference, yeah. and I can care about somebody who's trying. Vin Diesel shares the same marketplace in a way with Keanu Reeves, where, like, he's not the best actor but like Keanu now Keanu is always bringing it but like you like he came back with John Wick right right like, right and Vin has Fast Fast 9 or right. Fast and Furious, the like, Fast and Furious he doesn't have that much but I'm like this is a good Vin Diesel movie yes right not a great movie but for Vin Diesel I'm like if you want a good Vin Diesel performance this ain't bad this is a much better performance than his performance in Triple X oh true this is more there is more emotion on the screen there from Which him Triple X uh, that's his actual like I'm a badass. No, I know which triple X. Oh, the first one. I'm talking about the first one. I've seen I haven't three. Seen the, I haven't seen the later one. I've seen three. I have two. Two. He's not in two. I'm talking about the first one. Okay. Yeah. I because that's the Three's only one I've seen bad. as my frame of reference. Yes, you've told me. Mm-hmm. I I believe you. Uh, I'm talking about the first one. He's he's such the what this movie should be parroting in the beginning. Yeah. And here, I feel like once we're out of the parody, he's given opportunity to have real emotional moments yeah the moment when he sees gina i actually feel him caring about that yeah i i can tell when he's actually putting it out there emotionally when he sees the daughter yes exactly exactly it registers i'm like no he's he's trying finn is not the problem with this movie for sure nobody can do that you done messed up and I'm awake stare like Vin Diesel does <laughs> when true. he's yeah. down. And that's he's true. just looking up at him and it's like, you done messed up. And it's like, oh yeah, you did. He does that stare like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I, I wish that they saw that that was, that was what the story was. The story was him wanting to be his own man yeah. it's who he wants to be. it's funny because we're talking about like like uh subverting the like the tropes and stuff and i feel like that first trailer with like the mem or that trailer does a better job of subverting what you think the movie is going to be yes. than this movie yes. does i thought I, I thought so too i found that so interesting after seeing it i'm like wow that trailer kind of sold me on a movie i didn't think i thought i was getting something Speaking else yeah, yeah. and diesel caring what do you think about this chad stahelski doing riddick for is that a rumor no, or, or you just want it to happen? I was, I was oh. thinking, like, what? What do we well, think? Well, see that he he does like hand to hand specific comment very well, and like that could work for Riddick. The, it could, but those movies have kind of been, I think, a little more sci fi. Not that they can't be more action heavy. I mean, I'd be cool for it, but like, I don't think that's the trajectory of that franchise. I just want to know if if Vin Diesel is capable of having his John I think, Wick. I'll say, I think that franchise needs to lean more in the direction of Chronicles of Riddick because I think that's where it shined with audiences. You, actually, uh, it's the worst reviewed one. Is that I, one? I get, I get funny. that, but I, but I mean, like the uh, where. Uh, where its most interesting concepts lie. There you go. Yes. Is is in that direction and not so much in like the the action direction. Um I think that's what Riddick missed is that it kind of did Riddick pitch, tried to do pitch black again. Well, tried to do pitch black again but with more but no fist, mon- but fisting no monsters. Action. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Don't say fisting action. Nope. You get me. Listen, I need Riddick <laughs> Fistic, to be uh, a, uh, the fist of fury. 
Uh, before we get too far down that rabbit hole, because I love Riddick and I, I could talk about Heck forever. Yeah. Uh, the games uh, rule. Uh, they, they, I gotta play through them. Uh, Bloodshot. Uh, I think the elevator sequence is actually pretty cool. I just, it's, I think it's a fun time to watch. Um, it feels like it would play better as a video game. Um, <laughs> there's one part. I don't remember what part, but there's one singular part where Dalton almost looks like Scorpion King level bad CGI to me, and I'm like, yeah. dang, man. Yeah. Um, again, just change change well, that outcome. Well, I, I do want to talk about the, the dick joke. I don't think the character models are great but i do like again i do like the name yeah, yeah yeah all right let's talk about the dick joke uh that was horrible uh i mean like in a in a film where like some things stood out as being problematic that was like whoa what uh, they make a reference yeah like the whole thing almost yeah. ground to a halt for me in that moment yeah uh, so here's so for me like i was like we, we first hear it with uh, toby kebble saying do you think she could take all six inches yes i'm like okay he's a sociopath he's a psychopath I'll it's, this it's this BS script. Yeah. Fine. I'll let this slide. Yes. And then it came back up. And then like the lady said something like... Six oh, inches yeah. isn't a lot. And oh, then yeah. it came back around a third time by trying to not directly bring it up, but be like, can I have some technology? Why? Does yeah. something about you need augmentation? And then a lady walks in the room and he's like... It's Eric. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. <sighs> and, the moment, and the moment that he did that where he's like, do you think I could use some... Uh, some of the technology for myself and ryan went are you kidding me <laughs> like he out loud was like are you kidding me <laughs> it's so bad i can't believe they put that in a movie that was really awful yeah. i can't believe they put that in a movie in 2020 yeah uh again like can we talk about like how there's layers of how bad this was there's an asian female person in this movie for one shot. Oh, and it's, she's the shaking her head. The one shot is her shaking a head no about a six inch penis still not being big. Guys, it's 2020. I think How it, is we that have all accepted where we were at. That's her only <laughs> bit in this movie. She's in that oh, one Sharon, shot. Sharon, you're in Bloodshot. What is your scene? Oh, I shake my head to, uh, about a penis joke. Somehow it's racist at the same time. <laughs> Catch it was me ridiculous. There. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I'm sorry. That was really. Yeah, it's, it, bad. it's so juvenile. Script's the worst so, part, for sure. Like. It's so 10 years ago. Yeah, for real. Yeah. T- almost 20 years ago. Yeah. I probably would have laughed if I was 12, but that was uh, yeah. 16 years ago. Uh, outside of that, I don't. That that is the most problematic thing in the script. Outside of that, I think the, that its biggest sins are just being kind of bland and boring. Yeah. Um, it stays just on the narrow road. It doesn't branch out to do yeah, like, except yeah. for the action scenes. It's yeah. kind of just generic. Uh, that's pretty much everything I feel about what it. What would I you think. rate it? Ooh, jeez. Nay. Doug Dimmadome. Owner of the Dimsdale Dividend. I'm somewhere between a six and a half and a seven, so I guess Same. I'll go with, uh, I guess I'll go with a six and a half. Yep. Um, I I give the movie a six and a half. I give Vin an eight for effort. On the Vin scale, he gets an eight out of ten bald heads. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 bringing it. <laughs> Ryan and hey, hey, I'm very happy that all his productions he tries to get a lot of diversity on the film, I, and that, that's awesome. That is that's I, awesome. That is a real positive, yes, because uh, like we talked about it, like if this movie came out ten years ago. Uh, it probably all would have the, just been all white dudes. All the more reason why Tibbs should have been the bad guy. Yeah. And again, I really like that dude's design, and I thought that dude had a lot of presence, even Same. though he wasn't on screen a lot. I agree. Uh, I would also give it a 6.5. Uh, it just, like, if you're interested in seeing it, go to the matinee, unless the theaters are closed, then just wait for DVD. But, um, like, it, it, I was expecting it to be worse, and I'm just glad it's not terrible. It's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. Catch it on TV if you guys still got cable, whatever. 6.5. Uh yeah I yeah I'm six point five like it's um, not it's like it's one of those movies that's right in the middle like it's not bad but it's not great so like what do you say <laughs> we yeah said it. um we do have some listener sh- things that I I 
The saddest really thing is that it doesn't have any of its like standout, you know, when you get those kind of movies, especially from that era that we're talking about, the early 2000s era, where it's just like, yeah, it's not very good, but man, that one part, and it just doesn't have any of all that the, either. All the good action scenes we kind of saw in the trailer, too. Yeah. Um, so we do have some li- some listenership. I did have a call to action on our Oh, uh, you know what? No, that flower, you're right. The, the, the convoy scene is its standout. That's a really good scene. So but again, we see a lot of it in the trailers. We do, but I still think it's like still the whole the whole setup of the scene itself. Like I was not I was the least I, I was the most engaged during that entire sequence. I like that he plays possum multiple times in this movie. Like yeah. he gets shot a couple times like I guess I'm dead. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like I've been saying we have some listener some listener uh, stuff. Awesome. Um Federalipe says, "Yes, it is effing good about Bloodshot." I wish Woolen weren't scared of Corona to peep it. Wuhan? Does he mean, read that does first. Does he mean Wuhan? Wuhan? The place where... Woolen. Woolen? W... Probably like a co-host? Who's Felipe? I don't know. Maybe he's a friend. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but yeah. Um, and then we have more real quick. Sorry. Uh, okay. Oh, no. Where'd it go? Instagram. I found it. Twitter. Uh, all cinemas are closed here during quarantine, so nope. Sorry. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, so sick. No pun. Okay, yep. wait. There was one more. I thought. Oh no, it was about the comic book. Um, that's about I the comic I almost book. made um, the Jeff Lemire Bloodshot Reborn uh, mini, the book club. I read that. Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, but I was like, eh, next man. I I wish this had achieved what it had the potential to be. Yeah, I really do. Um, I will. I will. I think for the next like five years, be haunted by that line from Vin and what <laughs> this movie could have been about. Uh, just as like a, I, I think we're, I think we're almost at a point where we're very thirsty for a film that would actually deeply. This is the film to do it. Obviously, I think even if it had tried, uh, but uh, a film that will actually analyze like what is a person behind the soldier? Yeah. Uh, you know, let's let's take the movie facade away because we've seen it done over and over again. And let's, I, but without oh being god. a war movie, but like being about. Oh a my personal god! Do you expression. know what you just did to me? That's you're describing Metal Gear Solid. You're literally describing <laughs> Metal Gear Solid. Like, what do you do about a soldier? And like, what does it mean to be a human when you're a war machine? Ah, oh, wait for. But it. I mean, but I mean very specifically <laughs> that 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 very basic idea of like. This isn't that what you've created is not the best version of me. It's just your perspective of the best version. MGS of me. is all it's about not clones. My best version, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's a fascinating concept. Yeah, I'll tell you what, real quick. Uh, I we will not get a sequel to this movie. No. I would not hate a like Netflix animated like mini. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah, would I? All right, shall we get into a book club? Well, I would if it was in that bad CG style. Blah. Blah. Book club, astonishing. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd uh, Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, do you have any books? Uh, can you be a little more specific? Um, anything readable? All right, then time now for our book club. Uh, Ryan, take it away. Hello, my name's Ryan, and if you know me, I like me some X-Men's. Um, what? What? Yes. Uh, a couple book clubs ago... Might have been the last book club. I actually don't remember. Uh, I did Grant Morrison's New X Men, which came out in two thousand one, and that was a um, a very interesting time period for X Men fans because in the nineties it got really good, and then it got really bad and really really bad, and then Grant Morrison came in, and then a couple years later they decided to relaunch uh, a new series called Astonishing X Men with Joss Whedon and John Cassidy. And when this book came out, it was uh, critically acclaimed, and the fans loved it. And it's 2020, and people don't like Joss Whedon as much anymore, but I still think this is a really good book. I, uh, I think it captures the personalities and the, and the characterizations of the specific uh, X-Men to a T. This is like, 
like when you guys watch the Avengers, that's like the like the personified personified version of like Captain American, Iron Man, right? When I think of the X-Men, like this is what I think of because I read this book young enough where I'm like, oh man, this is like perfect. Like I think the characterization is perfect. Uh, this is the first time the cure was ever uh, introduced in the comics and we've seen that in the movies and in comics multiple times, but this was the originator. Uh, I think this comic is a very great streamlined approach to the X-Men. I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. I really like this. I'm glad. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with what you said. I think it is a very nice, streamlined approach to the X-Men. Yeah, really like John Cassidy's art. Dude, he he kills it. I yeah. love that Kitty Pride can bounce from being a teenager up to, like, 35 and then <laughs> yeah. feel like she's suddenly 26 Well, it's again. funny because you guys, are, you guys are, are reading Marauders where she is Captain Kate, uh, and this book came out 16 years ago that we're reading, Astonishing X-Men, and, so... And, they and talk, she feels younger. And she does feel younger, yes. And they talk about in this how Emma Frost is the new um, the new co-lead of the school because mm-hmm. Professor, Professor, mm-hmm. Professor X is missing. And uh, Emma Frost was a villain when Kitty Pride joined the X-Men on her first day. And you read in here, like, Emma, you're the reason that I have nightmares because on my first X-Men mission, you tried to kill me. And I this is the book that made me fall in love with these two characters and their relationship because as you guys have read in Marauders, they've had a very long and sort of relationship and now they're best buds. Right. Uh, and I think... What was going around on around the X Men books at this point? Where was Xavier and and was it like <laughs> okay? Obviously, obviously, Jean was gone. Yes, Jean was dead at this. Uh, point. Colossus was dead. Yeah. Uh, the legacy virus. He saved yeah. the world from the legacy virus, right. which you guys read about. Um, yeah, Professor X had Professor X had his body taken over by Cassandra Nova, who is his um his dead. Uh, twin who who he ate in the womb. Wow. So basically her... Brutal. We read... Uh, I think... Did you read the Grant Morrison book that we did? I didn't get a chance. Okay, no, okay he, so yeah. He, yeah so but. you miss it, but you know Cassandra Nova. She's, yep, she's, I do. She's a lady, Xavier, but she's evil, and she wants to kill all mutants because she's evil. Mm. But um, Xavier's busy doing other stuff like that. So Astonishing X-Men number one like launches, and it's like, all right, Scott and Emma are the leads are of the school now, and he got Beast. Uh, the introduction of Kitty walking in into the press conference being late, and her talking to Emma is some of my favorite stuff that Joss Whedon's ever written. I really like Beast. Oh my god, Beast is so dude. I this is this is so good. This is like maybe the best Beast has been in a long time. Uh, his turmoil, which you do see in X Men: The Last Stand, of him struggling with the cure because he doesn't look like Cyclops. He's not a good-looking dude who can hide his powers behind glasses. He's a he's a dog man. Mm. He's a he's a cat man. Uh, and I really love the stuff between him and Logan, where Logan's like. If it was some like third grader who wants to cure, that's fine. But you're an X Man, and that means something. And you cannot do this to the X Men. Right. And I I buy all the emotion stuff like so hard. I think it's right. good. I also like the new suits. Ah, oh, the suits are great. Those look really interesting. Those yeah. look really cool. Yeah. Gene, just tell me one thing. Do you like the costumes? <laughs> it's just that overdone look. <laughs> yeah. I really like that bit. Look. Yeah. yeah. Um, was this the second time Jean Grey had died by this by this point, or was she? Just no, she's still been dead. I'm pretty sure. She was just dead from the Dark Phoenix saga up yeah. to this point. Yeah. Wow, Scott's really desperate. That's well, <laughs> the, the thing. She died. She died uh, like late 80s. Uh, so This in, is early 2000s. No, I know. Uh, in, in real life, it's like 12 years. And I think that's long enough time to move on. But in comic terms, that's like six months maybe? Because like, yeah. like Scott's still like in comic terms hung up. Whatever. Yes. Uh, he's clearly, again, I, I love, this is early enough where like Logan and Scott still have that... Um, that like rivalry where like they like he Logan loved Jean obviously right. uh, and he always tried to win her over and then now Scott is sleeping with someone else and Wolverine's like what the hell man I thought you loved Jeannie now Emma stayed with Scott from this point onward up until death of death of X yeah 
They were together for a long time. Because Death of X has a Cyclops die from the Terrigen Mist. Terrigen Mist. Yes. Uh, and Emma's still with him. And yes. like this is this is kind of the beginning of if I remember where X Men was when I started getting into comics, this is kind of the beginning of Scott turning into a villain. This point, no. It's a little bit later. It's more towards. It's actually more towards Schism with Jason Aaron, which is actually like five or six years later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, once Schism happens, where like Wolverine and the X Men, and then uh, uh, Cyclops hangs out with uh, Magneto. Mm-hmm. That's when he's a terrorist. Right yeah. now, he's still just like I'm the plucky leader. I'm the leader. Look at me. Yeah. Uh, I really like Joss Whedon's dialogue, uh, especially the way that he's able to uh, characterize, you know, a villain to not feel like, you know, just generic um ord has his moments uh which is pretty cool i think talking to the two mutants he's like so you're telling me they're not here yeah i think ord is a completely fascinating and fun villain he's very reminiscent of the wolverine and the x-men villain that zoologist guy who Uh came for brew yes Uh, that's taken a little bit from that um yeah I think it's. I think the idea is so cool that like, hey, there. Uh, we don't know who it is, but a mutant is going to destroy our world. We don't know which one it is. Uh, so what do we do about that? We kind of just have to like cure them all, maybe. And like, that's not a good idea. Uh, Joss Whedon introduces Abigail Brand and uh, Sword. The. Thank you, Siri. You. You. you you stupid lady. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, Abigail Brand is a really great character. She used to be part of Hydra, and then she joined S.H.I.E.L.D., and then she created S.W.O.R.D. She actually dates Beast. Um, I Again, I think the Beast stuff is really, really good. I think the stuff that uh, he talks about with Scott, like, listen, I'm not uh, I'm not saying uh, never. Just, like, please talk to me about it first. Right. I think I think that's the strongest stuff in this book. I think the art's great, but I think the, like, interconnected little moments are so strong, mm-hmm. especially Kitty Pride. Like, Kitty Pride is a... She's like, how do I describe it? Like, she's like the millennial's best friend. Like, she is a very easy character to latch onto because, like, she's she is like always the reader's age in a way, right? Uh, she's a very sure. She's like, uh, what's the word? Like, um, like the Master Chief and Link. She's like a, a passageway for the character. Oh, you're right. Um, you know what I'm thinking of? Point of view. Character? Point of view. She's, point a, of view she's the vantage character. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Character. Um, I just think uh, the story is really great. I think this is one of the. If you had to give someone one X Men book, I think this is the book to give them that is continuity uh, uh, friendly enough while still teaching you why Coloss, how Colossus died in Legacy Virus and all no, that. No, just give them Hawkspox. Oh. I respect. Uh, I mean, I kind of agree. I kind yeah. of agree. Like, I, I think you can. There's an argument to be made that at this point, Hawkspox is a, a great window because I think yeah. as long as long as you have the vague knowledge of the films, so you understand the concept of yeah. like the core X Men, you understand a history with Magneto, you understand that mutants are reviled. That's really all you yeah. need to go into Hawkspox, and yeah. the history gets fleshed out itself. The only thing that gets hard is when it gets into like the later things, like New Mutants. Yes, uh, and Moira McTaggart is almost. Like, she's in those movies, but she is basically not existing. Sure, sure. You'd have to have, like, a vague familiarity with yeah. it, but you can almost pick it up on it without an issue. Yeah. Uh, I do think, uh, besides Hawks Pox, I think this is a, like, if if this were, like, 2004, and they're like, we're going to make a new X-Men movie, just based off this, they, they actually did. It's called X-Men 3, The Last Stand, and it sucks. Right. But um, I think the core foundation of a lot of the stuff uh, here is so good. And again, I, uh, Joss Whedon, like, uh, he's kind of crappy now, but, like, man, uh, that dude knows how to quip harder than anyone else let's let's be clear like it's not like his writing got bad no no Uh, because that's not the issue everyone's just just like his personal life's a little yeah Yeah, his personal life is his personal life but like as an artist he's still creating great stuff yes i um 
I think the standouts like for me really are like like Emma Frost and Beast. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, they're they're all really good, but like I just think he has such a good grasp on on those two characters. Uh, this is like one of the books that made me fall in love with like with the X Men. Really, yeah. I think this is the, the, my favorite stuff is stuff of Beast. Yeah, like that stuff. Although scintillating, the, the reveal uh, that uh, that Cy- that Colossus is alive is really effective the, even if you don't know that he's dead that that uh that page of of colossus running through kitty and she just touches her heart yeah. that is like that is one of the most powerful and like resonant pages in x-men history just for a lot of fans because colossus was dead for like 10 years yeah, yeah. and like in cassidy's art does so much with like oh that's my ex-lover and i thought he was dead for a decade yes mm-hmm. like that is like some truly awesome powerful stuff um and so many great lines of like colossus is <laughs> Uh, oh, or it says to to Emma Frost, like Miss Frost, like we stuff our pillows with diamonds, like little lines like that. Where I'm like, dude, this is this is some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think, wish I think uh, Whedon's dialogue is really solid. I've yep. always thought that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think this is any exception. Yeah. You um, bite. You bite down. I'll heal. I pop. You won't. Yeah. yeah. It's little things like that. Yeah. That's good. Um, like uh, when Kitty Pride is late to late to her own meeting. Uh, Emma's like, oh, I'm so gushingly glad you decided to join us. And Katie's like, oh, I was too busy putting on all my clothes. <laughs> this is like, man, oh, he's so yeah, good yeah. at writing dialogue between people. It's, um, it's sharp. It's very sharp. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, I don't think it's that the... I have to be really clear here. I think the art is good. Yeah. I really do. Um, I think I have been spoiled with modern comics, especially, like, a lot of the X-Men ones. So um, it, I wished for more expression in faces. Because everything else I think is really solid. Yeah. Occasionally I'm like, they're just kind of making the same face. Yeah. Uh, as we're going through the the dialogue, and I'm like, oh man. But I'm like, I recognize that I'm more spoiled with artists at this point. Than, yeah. This is than uh, when this was made a long time ago. Yes, yeah. and I totally I I put that into perspective. Uh, it's just you know it's true. Uh, I think my favorite exchange from this entire comic, and this will probably be my last thought on it, involves Nick Fury, because Nick Fury gets involved, uh, and he's like, hey, you know that guy that you wanted to beat up? You can't anymore, because he has diplomatic immunity. And then Wolverine just has this huge uh, thought bubble of, like, diplomatic mother and mother and you stupid mother for immunity. That's really good. And then uh, Nick Fury's like, so how do you even know that this Colossus is the real article? It's like the real mm-hmm, Colossus. Mm-hmm. And then Beast is like, uh, I smelled him. And then Logan's like, I no, smelled no, no. him. It's the, it's the... Emma Frost says... Emma, Emma says, uh, I, I read his, his mind. Yep. and then Beast says I scanned his DNA yep. and then uh, Wolverine Logan. says I smelled him and then Beast is like I smelled him too yes uh, very charming uh, I think uh, yeah all the stuff with Beast and and it's so good yeah that's it I love this book a lot yeah yeah I, th- I had a really good time with this one yes also um, if you have an hour and you don't want to read the comic the motion comic is available for free on YouTube um, it's it's made a, like when like around when the comic came out so like it's very um, like stilted animation but I think some of the voice acting is really good and I think it it shows the action uh, scenes really well I think it paces them really well to it it feels like a kinetic action scene does cool. Tildy become hope? Okay, that's a completely different character. Okay, but th- but the the idea of like quote unquote hope being born is like it's a similar thing, but it's not her. Got you, because their designs are yes, close. they are close. Yes, and hope was also brought up in this comic, and I'm like, yes. wait, does Tildy become hope? No. Okay. Uh, so next week, guess mine. Yep. I'm gonna. I picked deceased. deceased. Ooh, I've read one of, one of those six issues. Now you gotta read all read six. one of them. Good. Um. Yeah, I was going to choose a different one, but I figured, hey, why not? News news about this sequel got me excited. Yeah, think, let's read about an epidemic. Hell yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it actually it ties in perfectly. Next week, I don't know what we're talking about. We'll figure it out. It'll be a fun one. We'll, we'll find it. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, I just wrote here, next week, shrug emoji. True. 
because I've had a, I had a, I had, we had an episode one ninety episode one ninety four shrug. <laughs> you know what we won't be talking about in a few weeks? New mutants. New mutants. That sucks. <laughs> All right, guys, you can find us everywhere on YouTube. But uh, you find us on YouTube. We have a link you know in the description. Should do? No. All our next episodes should be just reviews of the movies. Reviews of the movies that didn't come out. <laughs> guys, we should tuned. review Quiet Place Part Two next week. This could be <laughs> a really great new series. <laughs> Quarantine with the fake nerd guys. Oh my, we'll spitball it. We'll figure it out. Off. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys, guys, stay tuned. This is a good, uh, this is a good idea. Uh, all right, we have a YouTube Everybody page. He'll be like, what do they mean? Review of Quiet Place Part 2. Oh, I, this um, is how we get famous. I really like this idea. <laughs> this I is get, how we get famous. I got famous. so many ideas in my head right now. <laughs> all right. We have a YouTube page. We buy hazmat suits. Hold on. Okay. The link in the description to get to our YouTube page. We have two shows on there currently. Star, uh, Fake Nerds Watch, which we're, which I am going through with Star Trek Picard. Um, with downright nerdy Michael Carls. Um, new episodes up this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because uh, f- I got school, but outside of that, what am I doing? We, whoop, whoop. we do have three episodes banked. And right now you can uh, watch up to episode five. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. Yeah, expect expect a lot of YouTube content to get turned out. I think uh, now Ryan, Ben, and I will have entirely run out of excuses to not get Dark Crystal finished. That's true. All of it. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember a single thing about that show. It's so cool. just watch our Fictors watch recap. Oh my quick. god, I'm pretty sure I don't remember anything on those either. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Uh, you did leave during the last one. I was well, like violently ill at one point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And as well as we also have Basement Arcade, which we guys are still going through, Sonic Mania. Yes. Uh, yeah, we have one episode coming out. And then I gave Sparks a whole bunch of shit. So just, it's come, when stuff's stay coming, stay, right, stuff's stay coming, tuned. guys. Um, we also are a Funko affiliate. If you want some of those Emerald City Comic Con pops that didn't show up at a con. E-C-C-C-C. Um, I you, picked up two. Which ones? Vegeta eating ramen and the perfect cell. What? Vegeta eating the, ramen? I thought you get the perfect cell. Oh, 100%. It's a glow-in-the-dark yeah. electric purple perfect cell, and I have uh, the Gohan in the other room that goes... Do you have the Vegeta it. here that I can look at later? Is it here? No, it's not here yet. Oh. I got the... Um, Guys, Vegeta's like my, my top dog at this point. I got top ramen. Life, so. I got Mushu riding a panda. I thought about it, but I decided no. Mulan? Yeah. Yes. Mm. So it's it's the scene it's where he's writing where he's got the the person. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite one. scene of the whole movie, and I I just had to go for it. I love it. Yeah, it's a cute. Uh, one. Um, use promo code shop ten for ten percent off that off of your purchase. Uh, we also have a Patreon and a T Public. Uh, both links are in the description. New shirts coming soon if I can find the time to do anything because I'm just so busy. Um, Patreon, obviously, we put up some stuff up there. So check those out. Um, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate all your guys' listenership, especially when you guys are all quarantined. It's you have true. nothing else to listen to except for back Yeah, you got no excuse. The Fake Nerd Podcast. <laughs> um, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci uh, for our interim music and our theme. You can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. Did he just release a new song? Uh, so he's playing with some orchestra stuff for the uh, future subproc episodes that are being worked on. Cool. Um, he's Yeah, he's playing with some stuff. So yes, he posted a song. Nice. Um, Kumail Nanjiani just tweeted, all bars, dining, restaurants, gyms, and theaters in LA will be shut down effective tonight because of the mayor. We know that. No, oh, no, 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 New no, York. That was New York. Oh, that was this New is York. LA. This is now where we live. They said Kumail Nanjiani? Kumail Nanjiani. Why would he know? Because I'm sure the news came out, but he's the first person I saw tweet about it. Gotcha. <laughs> he's a news reporter. So wait, 
You're at, you don't go to work tomorrow? No, I well no, I'm off tomorrow normally. Oh, yeah. Um I'm gonna go I'm gonna probably get a email from a bus, so we'll find out. Okay. That'd be hella cool. Yeah, there's I see the update. LA movie theaters will also close. I guess we're not gonna go see Birds of Prey again, Sparks. Bloodshot <laughs> no, better not. not be the last movie I see in theaters. Oh my god, Bloodshot's the one. No. Damn. <laughs> we should we should what was the last movie we saw? Invisible Man? Yeah. No, onward. Onward. It should have ended with onward. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Oh no. Rip. Uh, you can find his show, Suburban Proctologist, on Instagram uh, and Facebook. Instagram at Podcast, Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist. It's also on iTunes if you want to check it out. Uh, thank you to Mike Patola. Hope you're safe up there. Mike, um, I need to text that guy, actually. You yeah. can find, he, did our lo- he did our logos. You can find him at Mike Matola. By the way, he was on the, the show. The Kelly, the Kelly, Kelly Clarkson, Clarkson show. Yeah, I saw that. That's incredible. That's awesome. Good for you, dude. Look, congratulations, Mike. I hope you just get like a billion followers and all the money. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. I'm really happy for him. Yeah, and he, he gave Kelly Clarkson a, a print. It's on his Instagram. You guys should check it out, uh, at Mike Matola. Uh, we are f- on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast. You can find, uh, you can get in touch with us with fakenerdguys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Sparkles. Uh, you can find me riding out the wave of this strange quarantine and just binging content at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. You can find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Uh, earlier today, I did a live stream with uh, Downright Annoyed, which is a uh, bored and annoyed slash downright nerdy's movie channel talk topic thing. Uh, sure. We talked about Tuesdays with Maury, which is a uh, a sad movie about a dying man. It's based on a true story, but it's a good movie. So uh, check it out. Next week, we're going to be talking about Star Wars: A New Hope. Is it good? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> I, I, I I'm still I'm still kind of like I don't know if I want to watch the movies again. See, that's the thing because like I will probably put it on in the background yeah. and play a game, but like I just watched all those movies. Yeah. Um, and you can find Ben at Bag Magnet Twenty Seven. Um, I have his latest his latest link for Old School Gamer in the description already. If you guys want to check that out. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Until next week, guys. Stay safe, nerds.